0: This week, I want a sweet, a sour, a shave, and the feel of a shoot. This is Body Counts and Bear.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. And whining about his best is Jonathan Rooney-Taylor. And this
0: week we are uh, finally dipping our toes back into Lake Cage with a little detour into the River Bay, into the mighty Ocean Connery. This week we are
1: finally discussing The Rock. Michael Bay's greatest movie. Recognized officially by the Criterion Collection as an important American film. To
0: be fair, they've also put Armageddon on the Criterion Collection.
1: Yeah, and fucking tiny furniture.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, the uh, Lena, Lena Dunham, Dunham movie. The Mumblecore movie? Her
1: only movie, I believe. That's,
0: That's true, because afterwards she went to TV. Yep.
1: Weird. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, I guess, you know, having literally one of the most famous pairs of parents in the artistic world uh, opens up some doors at the Criterion. Yeah, well, wasn't she the voice of a generation? She was a voice Uh, of a generation. uh, For
0: about 45 minutes.
1: And I do think, I honestly think that the pilot episode of Girls is actually really good and really funny because it is so venomous towards its own characters. But as the show goes on, it's like... Yeah, but aren't they kind of, like, relatable? No. And it's like, no. Ooh, yikes. No, the whole point is that they're they're Seinfeld. They're the Seinfeld cast. <laughs> you are not supposed to like them.
0: I've never seen I also an episode never saw. of Girls, so I can't verify this information. Well, then
1: how are we going to do our spinoff podcast, Girls, Girls, Girls?
0: By talking about Motley Crue, buddy. Hell but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Let me real quick, before we get to The Rock, I just want to tell you this. So years ago, uh, the only time I've ever been to a strip club in my life, Scores Chicago, we were there from like 11 o'clock at night to like 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. They did not once play Girls, Girls, Girls. And on top of that, they did not once play any Motley Crue songs. Whoa, wait, Ooh. wait. Was it Van Halen night? They didn't play any rock and roll songs at all. What? All songs had an insistent ah,
1: beat. I think you can write your congressperson about that. I think that they are in violation of some statutes.
0: Actually, I think I'm going to
1: take it straight to The Hague. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's against the Geneva
2: Conventions. And Europeans would be super against dripping without rock. Yeah, that's true. True. Yeah.
0: Just play some Kickstart My Heart at least. Come on, guys. Give me a break. A some steam? public yeah, a little oh well that's all right, all right. Well let's not nah, I'm I trying to like- keep it to the Motley Crue Oeuvre here. <laughs> and you're you're trying to bring in some David Coverdale bullshit. Man, I- I- just bring in anybody, a little warrant. All right, I'll be down with some more. I'm going with some cherry pie there. Definitely watch a lady take off
2: her clothes to warrant.
1: Yeah, sure. Maybe a little (laughs) little unskinny bop by Poison. We got to remember, being in Chicago, all of the joy of ladies getting kind of naked was surgically removed and implanted into like cabaret shows. That is true. So all that's left is just the like, all right. Yeah,
2: Of a strip club You're not drunk enough after a Bulls game So
0: (laughs) That's true also all the Chicago strip clubs Aren't actually in Chicago They're in places like LaGrange Yeah well that's where they
2: won't make them wear pasties (laughs) That's true Though we just lifted that Hey, good Tyranny for us. has ended, friends. In <laughs> Chicago, ladies can strip without pasties. Well, this
1: is fantastic because my understanding is uh, the virus is all done. We're yeah. all ready to go back inside. Uh, large quantities of people stuffed together in enclosed spaces. Breathing heavily. Yeah, this is great. This Sounds is fantastic awesome. news. Let's do it.
2: Guys, the apocalypse is very stupid. Oh, man, you knew it was gonna be, though, right?
1: I was kinda hoping for, like, an ancient one being summoned, you yeah, know? yeah,
2: I could've done with, like, a Shoggoth
0: or something coming down from the sky.
1: Any kind of giant creature just emerging from the ocean depths would've been cool. Ooh, or like the- a leviathan. Yeah. but human Or stu- Tiamat.
2: Human stupidity is our oldest foe, though.
1: Yeah, that's true. Speaking of human stupidity. Ooh, Michael Bay. That's right, Michael (laughs) Bay's So typical Michael Bay caveats of, yes, all of the women are nuisance characters. yes, they exist at all. All of the non-white characters are either comic relief or morally very dubious. Yeah. And more importantly, murica.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Also bad news
2: on the homophobia. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Who was that guy?
0: Uh, That is Anthony Clark, the star of Boston Common.
2: Boston Common. Yeah, and
0: then later on, uh, that's what it was. I want to say Yes, Dear as well.
2: I think that's right. Yeah, with
0: him and Michael Malley. Because he did another show
2: afterwards. Yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Boston Common used to play on USAM, Hell the yeah. block of detritus NBC
1: sitcoms <laughs> that
0: were cast yeah. aside. Hey, this and didn't work. Wings, yeah, and wings.
1: Hey, this didn't work in prime time, so I don't know. Maybe you're uh, faking sick from school, and you got to watch something. <laughs> Look, facts. man, you got to sit there and you got to watch The Naked Truth, The Single Guy,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Boston Common, so you could get to Wings.
2: Oh man, The Naked Truth. <laughs> yeah, with tay Leone. and yeah. sometimes
0: if you were lucky. You caught a Caroline in the city? Oh, my
1: gosh. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Chef's kiss. That's good stuff.
0: Good stuff. (laughs) Uh, With that character that's always on rollerblades. Isn't that funny? Ah!
1: It's a little funny. It's It's a little. uh, It opens the door for shenanigans that the show, for some reason, never took advantage of. Well,
0: I believe that character was supposed to be, like, the Kramer of the show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all I remember. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
0: Right on. Anyways, The Rock! Yeah! The
1: Rock begins, like all movies do, with a solemn war funeral. Yeah, in Arlington. This movie has deeply confusing messages about uh, extrajudicial army operations. And (laughs) terrorism, and...
0: Well, the first four straight minutes of the movie are Ed Harris dressing himself in his full, like... Uh, dress uniform while we witness a military burial take place, and also he has flashbacks and of explosions and whatnot. And then he leaves a a uh, his medal of honor. It's a medal of honor, right? I think
2: so, Congressional Medal of Honor. Yeah, yeah,
0: on his wife's grave, and then like kisses it and is like, "Forgive me for what I'm supposed to do." And like you're thinking, "Oh, Ed Harris is the star of this movie. Yeah. Ed Harris is gonna do some fucking Chuck Norris missing an action shit." Yeah. But then... Nah, he's not gonna. No, because then it cuts to the Naval Weapons Depot. You know the one. Yeah, it's handily uh, uh, named by the giant stenciled sign over its front door. I mean, you don't want people getting lost. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and then a bunch of uh, uh, military goons show up. Uh, including Ed Harris and John C. McGinley and David Morse and Bokeem Woodbine and a whole bunch of cool yes. guys. Yeah, pretty much
2: anybody who was a man
1: actor in the '90s gets to be in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Michael Bay put out, uh, you know, hey, I want to, I want Central Casting. Okay, for like, for what role? No, 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 just send me all of Central Casting. Yeah. That's true. I'll figure out where to put them later. That's how you get David Morse.
0: Yeah. yeah. Half of the actors in this movie are just students from USC, I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, definitely.
1: Definitely. <laughs> there is that one character who definitely is in it just to say that one really complicated line to get their SAG card. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh so
1: yeah, they uh these these goons come in here and they very quickly There's like two sets of goons. There's the the Ed Harris car goons that are just like Hi, it's me, Ed Harris, with jurisdiction and ability to come onto your base and like get whatever I want because I'm in charge. Come on in, sir. Yeah, please come. Take whatever you want. But then there's also like, oh, never mind my grappling hook goons that I have scaling the fences and jumping through windows and shit. Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two teams. Yeah, so the the grappling hook goons come in, and they begin like darting guys left and right, including one guy that they dart so hard
1: in the stomach. Uh, They rubber bullet him so hard into the stomach that he falls out of the lookout tower and dies. (laughs) Because you'll notice that a rubber bullet, we learn this the hard way in our current lives... Is not a non-lethal weapon. It's a less lethal weapon. <laughs> well, especially when you fire it from like one foot away. Yeah,
2: and this was not even a rubber bullet. It was like a rubber little. This was like, a rubber ball. Yeah, this yeah. was
1: a rubber ordnance. Yeah,
2: yeah. It, it was. It looked like a softball that had been painted red. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess it could have been... Well, no, I've seen beanbag guns go, too, and that's not a beanbag
1: gun. They just shot like a small hard
2: kickball at him.
1: But again, for liability purposes, it was the fall what killed him. True facts.
0: Uh, So Ed Harris, meanwhile, leads his contingent of men down into the uh, weapons depot bowels. Uh, They dart a couple guys along the way, and they steal these rockets, what have VX gas... Uh, uh, pearls in them. Yeah, little yes. balls
1: of materia from Final Fantasy VII. You know yeah. the
0: ones. Yeah. Uh, each bomb has like 30 of these pearls just
1: literally strung together. Yeah, in fact, uh, spoiler alert, Nick Cage will refer to this as a string of pearls configuration. An elegant yes. string of pearls configuration. Which,
0: by the way, any actual infectious disease and or chemical weapons person would tell you would be the absolute worst way to oh, yeah. store these items. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. fact, uh, In the lead up to the Iraq war uh, around 2001, 2002-ish, one of the reports that came through that Saddam Hussein had chemical weapons was a fake report by British intelligence that they didn't figure out until after a while when someone was like, that's the plot of The Rock. (laughs) And they were like, oh... Well, we're there, I guess. <laughs> Colin
1: Powell was just like, I was wondering why they included these 50 pages about an S.A.S. Yeah. <laughs> guy that stole J. Edgar Hoover's microfilm.
0: Uh, so they Seems they wa- like we should try to get
1: that back. It's in a church, you say. <laughs> uh,
0: so they are on their way out, stealing these rockets, when one of the balls drops to the ground and rolls against the wall and very delicately explodes. Yeah. Uh, by which I mean it crumbles and uh,
2: they run uh, and out. And it,
1: it gives the, the guy that's trapped in there fucking zombie virus. Yeah, his yeah.
2: fucking skin melts and he's screaming in pain. Looks yeah, it's bad. real gross. Looks real bad.
0: Yeah. It's a very solemn moment. Cut to Nicolas Cage with a dart gun <laughs> shooting at his weird, like nerf. Machine, yeah. A nerf
1: dart gun. Yeah. Yeah, he shoots. I can't remember what it is, but he, like, yeah, he shoots a glass thing that falls into a big. Like, he shoots a target that knocks
0: over a thing that knocks over a bunch of other things that sets a hula girl on fire. And he
1: turns to his like office mate and he's just like, well, I guess you owe me $5. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and he's like, you suck. And then the rest of the movie, we're going to find out that Nicolas Cage is bad at shooting. Yeah. Correct.
1: Yeah. Uh, but well, are- he's, I, it's it's kind of like an extrapolation of the Texas sharpshooter where you don't shoot <clears throat> and then paint your bullseye you meticulously create a bullseye you know is impossible to miss. Of course. And then I guess you bet your office mate $5 in some arbitrary bet.
0: Yeah. Anyways, Nick Cage plays Stanley Goodspeed in this movie. One of the great action
2: hero names of all time. Yeah. Ye old Stanley Goodspeed.
0: Uh, and he and his office mate, uh, who's played by Todd Luizzo, I think, who's like the weird Bob guy from High Fidelity.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: they get called in. They have a a, a crate that might have uh, sarin gas in it. Even it, it is labeled. Uh, it's labeled
1: Bosnian it, relief. No, it's labeled aid to Bosnia. Aid to Bosnia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So wood firmly, crate... firmly planting this in the mid nineties. Oh yeah. Uh,
0: they open it up and they start. He pulls out like a stack of dirty magazines. The one only one we can see is Busty. Uh, yeah. Then he pulls out uh, a gas mask, and then his dumb partner pulls out a baby doll and starts shaking
2: it. Yep. (laughs) And it, of course, starts spraying sarin gas and beeping.
0: Yeah. Uh, What follows is a pretty tense kind of cool scene where they're trying to get the water flow uh, uh, of water to come down because this gas is now eating through their protective gear, but they can't get water in there. They make sure they've got these... uh, uh, Needles full of atropine, which is supposed to stab into your heart, which will uh, help counteract the gas as best as it can. But Nick Cage will not do it because there's a bomb inside of this doll.
1: Yeah, there's like eight different, like, high cost timers going on in this scene. All the stopwatches are running.
0: Uh, But eventually, after uh, with only uh, a few seconds remaining, Nick Cage is able to defuse the bomb. And they're able to wash everything out, and they save the day.
1: And he takes the rest of the day off, reasonable. Yeah. He takes his newly, I guess, eBayed copy of The Beatles.
0: Yes, uh, of, I believe it's Meet The Beatles.
1: It looks like, yeah, it looks like one of their earlier albums. He paid
0: $600 for a vinyl copy of it.
1: Which is... Fucking hilarious. And that's 90s money, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's like $3 million. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: didn't check, but I imagine Meet the Beatles, one of the uh, fucking most pressed pieces of vinyl in existence, probably a little more common. Yeah. Probably didn't have to spend 600 I would think so. Well, he
2: didn't want to go to the record shop and flip flew, flip through all the used ones with all the John Cusacks and Jack Blacks <laughs> that inhabit those places. Now,
1: if this had been the, what is it, Please Please Me single, where the original cover was the Beatles with a bunch of plastic dolls and like meat carvings, and it was deemed too offensive... So they put a big sticker over it, and you can peel back the sticker and get the original album artwork. That's probably worth a lot of money. Sure. That I could imagine you paying $600 That's for. That's like it. getting
0: Boba Fett with the rocket launcher. Exactly.
1: Right? Yeah, but yeah, this is just one of the most common albums in existence. Yeah.
0: So now we we followed Stanley Goodspeed home to his... Gigantic apartment. Right. Where
1: is this section of the movie taking place? No idea. Because they fly to San Francisco. One assumes they're in DC since they're FBI agents. But there's no. no I go- believe.
0: No telling. I believe he is in the Bay Area or California somewhere, maybe Los Angeles, uh, because they specifically ask who he had. They have in that area. Oh, okay, so mm-hmm. he must um, be on the West Coast somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, everyone's walking around in far too few clothes. For it to be East Coast. That's true. That's true. true. Uh, his girlfriend, uh, played by Ven- Ven- uh, Vanessa Marcel shows up. She is known from the... Uh, I know her best as one of the stars of the NBC TV show Las Vegas. Also starring Josh Dubell <laughs> and Jimmy <laughs> Kahn. By the way, James Kahn, if you don't follow him on Twitter, please do. He ends every tweet by
1: saying, End of tweet. <laughs> <laughs> ah, just in case you weren't sure. It's beautiful. <laughs> <Nice>. uh, so <laughs> It's like he's sending a telegram...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a picture of me and Josh Duhamel on the set of Las
1: Vegas. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) We'll not be involved in Francis Ford Coppola's recut of Godfather 3. Stop. (laughs) Uh, So his girlfriend comes home,
0: and uh, he is uh, very sadly playing his guitar. Naked? Naked while listening to Not The Beatles.
1: Yeah, not at all. It's uh, yeah. I they definitely couldn't get the rights to use Beatles music, so it is a very like '60s Britpop sounding kind of song. It sounds,
0: it's at first it sounds very much like the Beatles yeah. until someone decided to overlay like a fucking Rayman Zedric
1: Doors like organ yeah. line over it. Yeah. Well,
2: I mean, if you don't, Michael Jackson was gonna sue your ass. <laughs> uh, that's true. That's Did true. Did Jackson
1: own the catalog at this point? I
2: think he does. In the I think he gets it in the early '90s.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. yeah.
2: So anyways, uh,
0: she comes home and she's like, I, oh, I had a bad day. She's like, I had a crazy day. He's like, oh, I had a crazy day too. And she's like, all right, you go first. He's like, well, I almost died. So I took the rest of the day off and I'm listening to my record. How about you? And she's like, I'm pregnant. And he goes, whoa, wow. wow. He, he says,
1: wow. And then how do you know?
0: Yeah. 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 Putting yeah. the emphasis on you. And then she pulls out the
1: smallest little stump <laughs> yeah. of like of cardboard I've ever seen it does it looks like like an eyedrop like a like a visine vial of yes. bright blue liquid yeah. yes
0: it, it is not a pregnancy test no. no I've seen 90's pregnancy tests just like 90's cell phones they were the size of bricks yeah. <laughs> true facts uh, you actually had to get into them to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you had to ride the pregnancy test down the street. Um, uh, so uh, they have like a very brief, like, it, it's really hard to tell if he's like upset or okay with it or just doesn't understand.
1: Yeah, well, Nick Cage, uh, his character was talking about how, like, oh, the world's so messed up. It's mid '90s, dude. Fucking settle down. You're yeah. doing fine. <laughs> yeah. But he's right. like, if uh, to bring a kid into this world is an act of cruelty, and she's like, I'm pregnant, and he's like, I didn't mean it. Yeah. yeah. He literally said, he's like,
0: he's, she's like, did you mean that? And he's like, well, a lot's happened since then. And she's like, it's been seven and a half seconds. And he's like, yeah, and in those seven and a half seconds, I found out you were pregnant. Yeah. It's right?
1: like a weird, like, deleted scene from Moonstruck just takes place a in the middle bit. of this action yeah, right. movie.
2: <laughs> Yeah, just to set up a little stakes. Yeah. I got my Beatles record.
1: <laughs> Johnny has his sticker from the Beatles record. Man. I lost my guitar. <laughs> I lost my pride. Uh. I would love Nick Cage to do some kind of like like the the time that Shia LaBeouf live streamed himself watching all of his movies. I would love for there to be uh, like a performance art installation of Nick Cage doing all of his roles like either uh, Vampire's Kiss Nick Cage or Moonstruck Nick Cage. And he gets to flip a coin to decide which gets to be which. Ooh, what
0: if, we, what if we make a giant 20-sided die and put 20 different Nick Cage styles on it? Yeah. And then every couple minutes just roll that die, and that's what he's got to do his next
1: role as. To be fair, Nick Cage has, only has about three main styles, and everything is a <laughs> subset. He's got his Quiet Southern style. yes. That you see in your Con Airs. You see kind of a little bit of it in uh, Adaptation. Sure. Where it's like very underplayed. He's got what he calls his Nouveau Shamanism style. Yes. Ooh. Which is his Ghost Rider 2, I'm gonna paint my face like an Egyptian death god for no readily explainable reason. He's Correct, a Ghost Rider. Uh, and yeah, then he's got his like just gonna modulate my voice into different sounds every three seconds with no regard is that
0: what he refers to as his western kabuki (laughs) one
1: can only imagine he is yeah he has given his acting style several different names sure so weird (laughs) no what's weird is he owns a fucking burial pyramid He had to get rid of his castles, but he kept his burial pyramid. Uh, And his T-Rex skull
0: that was stolen from Mongolia that he didn't know was stolen and then spent millions of dollars on and then had to return it. I
1: believe he also has two copies of Action Comics number one. I believe that is true. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Nick Cage, come hang out. Yeah, please. Please do. (laughs) We'll put on some Prince Karaoke so that you can screamo your way through Purple Rain. Uh, so, yeah. I like that his explanation for that is, I'm going through a lot of stuff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: buddy, I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> I, to be fair, I think he was going through a divorce at the time. Yes, <laughs> uh, to his wife
0: of several weeks, I think.
1: Uh, Wikipedia has a like wild a couple of weeks, though. Wikipedia has the divorce happening in 2016. I think they get together in like 2013. So okay, so like a couple of years. Okay, all right, all right. Hey, and for Nick Cage, that's, that's a long time. That's true.
0: <laughs> I think he was with. Uh, Lisa Marie Presley for, for like... like
1: a week. For like 45 minutes, yeah. I think he married her just because he's a big Elvis fan and felt like he had to. I'm sure he really loved her
0: and also the Elvis thing, and then she was like, "Great, now that we're married, Ooh, how do you feel about?" Books. Well, no, she was like, "How do you feel about Scientology?" Ah! And he went,
3: "Ooh."
0: <laughs> There's an apocryphal story I heard many years ago about how, apparently, uh, in the early '90s, Brad Pitt and Nick Cage would go to the Scientology Celebrity Center <laughs> to watch like the like introductory movie, and they would bring like and, like Razzit, yeah, they would bring like yeah. popcorn and shit, and they just like yell and laugh at the screen. And nice. then they'd fuck off afterwards. Nice. Um, so, anyways, uh, we now cut to uh, Alcatraz, the famous uh, impenetrable prison, or uh, impenetrable from the uh, inside. I was It's no, it's
1: it's, okay. it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's unpenetrable. Yes, unpenetrable prison. Oh, good word.
0: Yes, in the San Francisco Bay Area, right by the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, there is a tour being led there by Ranger Bob. Uh, and also, and Harris is there. Yep. Yeah. Be
2: uh, good. And I'll
0: give him credit for this. I'll give him, uh, he plays Brigadier General Hummel. And he, he tells a couple of girls, he's like, Girls, you need to tell your teacher to get you the fuck off the show. Now, rock. hold on a second. Yeah.
1: Because that's what the movie wants you to think happened. But in the reality of the actual film that was shot, he goes to two elementary school aged children, kneels down, and says, I need you to do something very important for me. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, no. And we don't
1: see them again, so presumably it worked. Which is weird, because they're there on a school trip. You think maybe a better person to go to would be the teacher, and not two children. Yeah, but the teacher's probably going to go tell the police, whereas if the kids just hurl on themselves, they got to go home. He's got you there. that's true. You think that these are industrious enough children to be like, well... He didn't go to the teacher, which means that there's bigger stakes than you or I. We are the Rosencrantz and Gildenstein of this fair day. So we need to leave this island by way that will not <laughs> call attention to ourselves. Ah, a hurling will be the solution to this, I'm Gordian knot. pretty
2: knock. sure that he asked those girls to do that thing and then gave them some candy. And that was like <laughs> it. Because this is like 1996. Kids are evil and cheap. <laughs>
1: He's correct. Now I need you to eat this candy and go into
2: that unmarked van. Deal. You got Sega games in there? I'm in <laughs>
1: Open the door Ooh, I faster.
2: Only, I only have an Atari Lynx. Bah. All right, I'll do
1: it. <laughs> no, no, no. Bad deal. That thing chews through C batteries like nobody's business. Yeah, but I'm going to win pole position. Pole position wasn't on the Lynx, you fool. The Lynx was the portable system.
2: oh, they didn't have pole position
1: no wow, that's no, crazy. they had uh I think like a Batman game I Man. don't know Lynx was terrible yeah. <laughs> There were two versions of it, though. Weirdly enough, oh, strange. Anyways,
0: uh, so they uh, the kids presumably uh, abandoned the field trip, but Ed Harris and his goons, including Candyman Tony Todd himself, Hell yeah, uh, take over the Rock. Uh.
1: Well, they take a very good idea of just like we've been on this tour a bunch before. We know that there's a section where Ranger Bob is gonna like ha ha for funsies, lock them in their cells. Yes, you. That's when to we be... strike. Yeah. 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 So while they're all locked in, they show up and. Now, I have been to several tourist destinations in my life, uh, some of them on school trips. There is never one tour group going through at a time. Sure. This is bananas.
0: Now, to be fair, there are multiple tour groups, but probably only one with children.
1: <laughs> That's true. possibly true. True
0: because the rest of this, there's quite a few old people that could have been there on like one of those like old people trips. You know where you like book like a bus
1: oh, and they just yeah, drive yeah, you yeah. and you
0: get to go to a place for 45 minutes until you have <laughs> to go somewhere else. Nah.
1: Yeah, one of those block booking trips. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So he locks everybody in there. He contacts uh the government he calls the FBI the head of the fbi womack
2: played by leo mcgarry
0: from yeah, uh west west wing, from west wing. Yeah. john spencer that's his name, yeah. that's his
2: name. also ellie uh, no no that was john mahoney
1: yeah, yeah. so he yeah uh, this is john spencer uh post blues explosion i believe correct yeah. yes yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a great stupid joke <laughs> for like three people yeah. <laughs> uh so uh that that tickled me yeah (laughs) Uh,
1: so uh he calls them up and he just says like look america's got a, a real problem which is we've got a whole branch of the marines that are sent overseas specifically to do illegal missions my problem is we don't pay them enough to do it no they're
2: not paying they're not compensating them for the deaths so right. really, Brigadier General Hummel is like the John Stewart of Black Ops Marines. Yeah, he right. just, He's just wants trying to the, he get wants, the
1: bennies. Yeah, he wants the first responders to get their health care. That's right. Yeah, well, and
0: specifically to take care of the families of those uh, who died during these illegal... Yeah, gotta get them kids beds. in the
1: college. Yeah. Which puts us, the audience, in an awkward position where we have to root against compensating war widows. Correct. Yes.
2: Yes, Michael Bay
1: would like you to know that (laughs) war widows need to eat it because that's what patriots do. Patriots (laughs) eat it. We've got the president's, uh, I believe, chief of staff is also in the room uh, and he's just like, "Oh, I don't see why we have to worry about this problem. Uh, And Ed Harris is like, son, how old are you? (laughs) I'm 32. listen civilian governments don't work and we clearly need to install an autocratic military regime. (laughs) Thanks, Michael The only reason you're here is to show the ineptitude of civilian government. I gotcha. So their plan is to fire these VX
0: rockets after 24 hours, 40 40. It's like 40 hours. It's like, 40 40 hours. It's, like yeah.
1: it's over the, yeah, it's around three days because we have to have time for the fucking San Francisco car chase. Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: so they're going to fire these VX rockets at San Francisco into certain targets. They uh, yeah, estimate they're... the deaths will be 70 to 80,000, which I think, and that's from one rocket. From yeah. only one rocket. Yeah. So they've got 15 of them, mm-hmm. I believe, which would be, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, if not close to millions. Millions, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and their plan is to shoot it and then detonate it over the atmosphere so that the virus is, like, airborne. Uh, so, like, yeah. Right. Yeah, the nerve <laughs> agent, yeah. A slight breeze could easily just infect the oh, rest yeah. of the nation. Ever yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're taking
2: Oakland along with it. Right.
1: Absolutely. I mean, fuck Oakland. Whoa. Boys. Well, yeah.
2: they don't have the Raiders anymore.
1: No, so oh, all right. I guess you're fine. Okay. Let it go. Okay. Nah, we don't need them. Good point.
2: <laughs> Somebody just get word to Hammer.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> need that guy to get up to like redwood or somewhere safe. <laughs> Ooh, bad news about current status yeah. of redwood. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Look, <laughs> as
0: long as we get MC Hammer somewhere safe into a concrete bunker slash recording studio, <laughs> I need
2: my sequel song to pumps and a bomb. <laughs> All I'm saying is, I've been alive for 35 years, and MC Hammer is the only thing that Oakland or San Francisco has ever produced of value. (laughs) Wow, look at that. Take that, Joe
0: Montana. Yeah, damn right.
2: And Steve Young. Also, Jerry Rice, you're a pushover. (laughs) Tim Brown was the best receiver in the Bay Area. You just got lucky because you had better quarterbacks. (laughs) And a considerably better team all around for almost
1: all of that time. So Ed Harris's demand <laughs> is that, uh, he, and he's, Ed Harris is incredibly reasonable throughout this entire negotiation yeah, where he's no, just he's- like, I demand several millions of dollars and this amount of the money, yeah, he does I a want one hundred you to go. 100
2: million dollars. Yeah, and it's like uh, eighty-three or eighty-seven million dollars for the families of the fallen of the eighty-three fallen people in his yeah, command. Yeah, each of
1: those people, each of those families gets a million dollars. Right, and then he and the rest of the people on the mission are going to split the rest because yeah. they're all Merkin. He even says, "I want you to take it out of this particular fund, which he knows is just a giant Pentagon slush fund. Yeah, because like the or red, illegal arms sales. Yeah, it's like the Redwood
0: yeah. slush fund. He says it. And I love that. There's like the guy from like the Department of Defense who goes Ugh, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: this is classified information
1: yeah and it's just like we want it to be routed into these specific accounts by this time uh if we get this stuff we'll just go away just it'll be fine we'll like leave the missiles here so that you can recover them and we'll be gone
0: yeah there's even a scene where Ed Harris like gives like a t- like his like hero speech to his Troop of merc goons. And he's like, look, here's the deal. We all know what's going on here. When this is over, you're all going to walk away with a million dollars, but you'll never be able to step foot in this country again.
2: Or you're any ne- extraditing yes, country. Yes, you
0: need to go to a non-extraditing country, but at least like you will be taken care of, and these families will be taken care yeah.
2: of.
1: Yeah, so like what you were saying uh, last time when we were talking about the Cowboy Bebop movie, there are no stakes. There's no reason for the government to not just go, Oh, yeah. A total off-the-book ransom payment? D- done. Fine. Except this is the, the 90s, and they're <laughs> not going to do that. New.
2: No, New. No. Yeah. it's Bill it's, Clinton does not negotiate with terrorists, except for
1: some time. <laughs> <laughs> except for all the ones we did negotiate yeah. with. Yeah, it's just frustrating because from here on out, the heroes of our movie that we are rooting for... Are only taking like a principled stance against War Widows, but
0: to be fair, our two main heroes
1: don't know that that's what's going
0: on. True. Yeah. True. it just again uh, as they're le- they're kept uh, uh, purposefully in the dark. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, it's just again it's it's very frustrating that it's just like oh the these are the most reasonable terrorists. Ever to have existed in an American <laughs> well, film. If you, if you
0: think about it, they—I mean—they—they're—it's very similar to what uh, Black Panther does with Killmonger, yeah. By having a, a villain that has a very uh, understandable and sympathetic cause, who's just going about it in the worst possible well, way.
1: To be fair to Black Panther, Killmonger is still advocating for a different kind of genocide. Like, True, he has reasonable grievances, but like this is just like yeah. Just give them the money, it's literally fine. No, I'm just saying that like, they're given both giving them like, the money yeah. already. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: The idea being that they're both sympathetic villains.
1: No, I definitely get that. Again, that is definitely what the movie is going for. It's going for, like, oh, war is very complicated, and I'm very wise for having realized this. Yes, <laughs> well, absolutely. It's also
2: loaded up with that 90s bit of, like, don't ever like piss people off too much. You ask nicely, and if you don't get it, you go home. And that's yeah. how you deal with the government. <laughs>
1: yep. I mean, Ed Harris's grievance is not, like, he's not demanding, like, I demand that we reveal to the nations New. of the world the illegal New. activities we've engaged Dad, that's in. That's right. Like, he doesn't even want to, like, narc-on them <laughs> no, no, or no, no, anything. He just
2: wants money for the families. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's real sad. Real sad.
0: Uh, so anyways, they're like, well, what are we going to do? Well, We need to, like, they have two options. They've got one option, which is... Launching a thermite plasma bomb at Alcatraz and murdering everybody there. And yeah. But it, it will f-
2: vaporize yes. the, the agents yeah, It's the only thing hot enough to burn out the gas.
0: Yes. Or they can put together a, a SEAL team uh, and send them down there with a chemical weapons expert to disarm these bombs. Right. And they say, who's your chemical weapons expert? And he goes, I know just the guy. Cut to Nick Cage fucking on the roof.
2: Yeah yeah. And getting an inopportune phone call. Where he will need to be downstairs in ten minutes. A phone call he takes while still inside
1: her. Yeah, (laughs) well,
2: you know, business is business when you're working for the FBI.
1: (laughs) Don't worry, there's a whole Curb Your Enthusiasm episode about this very thing. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, he gets down uh, and he says that basically, Hey, we gotta send you to San Francisco to uh, do some on-site training. Wink, wink. Uh, So he says to his girlfriend... Who is now his fiance? Now his fiance, because uh, she's like, I'm a Catholic girl, and I'm pregnant and unmarried, and this is a problem yeah, for me. We get
2: married now, yeah.
1: <laughs> now, Nick Cage. So Nick Cage says, "All right, look, I got to do this thing in San Francisco. It sounds like just a like a, a hot training exercise I got to do real quick. Tell you what, why don't you come with me to San Francisco, and then you stay in a really nice hotel." Get a bottle of champagne, and as soon as I'm done with this training exercise, I'll be there too, and we'll figure out our cool wedding plans. And she says, what's that? Oh, be a hostage situation in this whole thing to give you motivation for the rest of the movie? On it! No problem. Thanks, Michael Bay. Uh, So yeah, Nick Cage... The crazy thing is, throughout
0: the rest of the movie, uh, because we're probably never going to get back to this,
2: she's not... Just like, like the movie doesn't yeah, no. no she's they, you get scenes of her in the like situation room, but that's it ever. yeah. And he has no idea she's there. No, none. Well, no, 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 no. because he has that conversation with William Forsyth, and he's like, My girlfriend's coming and Forsythe is like, don't worry, we'll pick her up and keep her here with us. Yeah, that's right. Which is
1: the exact opposite of what Nick Cage wants to have happen. Yeah, Yeah. no. Pick her up and
2: put her on the safety helicopter with Hammer. They gotta (laughs) get all the way to Seattle. Portland's
1: no good.
0: She can sing the fucking sweet hook to Pumps and a Bump too. (laughs) Right. And if she's like
2: an unwed mother, Hammer will probably just give her a job standing around on the side of the stage.
1: That's true. He very much takes care of the people who are underprivileged in his community. That's true. And the people who
2: work for him. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about the behind the music of Hammer is I think they're talking to Arsenio and he's like, well, how did he run out of money? And he was like, well, Hammer would kind of give money to anybody. You'd go to the show and you'd meet a guy and he'd just be standing around and you'd be like, hey, what do you do for Hammer? And he goes, I stand around. Hammer found out I didn't have a job.
1: Yeah because hammer's the greatest yeah yeah he's a real sweet guy right
2: and he spent all those money on all those pants Do you have any idea how many <laughs> textile workers were kept in business just on flashing oversized pants uh, don't forget
0: his house with the giant golden fucking hammer gate yeah yeah, oh, yeah. all the
2: hammer gate and all the waterfalls
0: yeah he also produced deon sanders's album i think oh nice <laughs> he's involved in some way nice
1: Yeah, I mean, the worst thing, to my knowledge, that MC Hammer ever did was, like, for a while he was doing Christian rap.
2: Yeah, well, now he's like a late-night pastor, actually. If you get to the the high-up channels, you can find... MC Hammer. Yeah, he's like
0: he's like the rap version of Kirk Franklin, I think. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, he was always like he had gospel on his album. Yeah, on on the first album,
0: he has the song "Pray." Yeah, 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 yeah. that
2: was actually like a single.
0: Yeah, yeah, which I think samples "When Doves Cry."
1: (laughs) May well. Um but yeah, um, like he doesn't seem like he's doing it as like a scam. You no, know what no, I mean? no it's, not, it's not a prosperity yeah. gospel. No. The thing
2: that was clearly a scam was uh, Gangsta Hammer and Pumps in a Bump. Like that was clearly a scam. That was him. That was just grasping yeah. for relevance. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like that was
1: not an authentic Hammer in any way.
0: But I will say this: it's a real good song.
1: Yeah, sure. sure. As a single, it is very good. Yes. As a whole album, no no no, 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 no. Also,
0: no, no. I like that there's two versions of the pumps in a bump video. There's like the regular version, uh, and then there's the late night version that got banned from playing during the day because Hammer spends most of it in the most banana. The ba- I know that one plum smuggler <laughs> oh, I've ever man. seen. Yeah. he's just like shaking his hog all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah, and like also it. Hammer. Rockin' hog. Good
1: for him. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Nick We're Cage. We're pro MC Hammer here. Very. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, MC Hammer. Come hang out with us and Nick Cage. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, speaking of Nick Cage, he gets to fucking Leo from the West Wing and he's just like, sir, this isn't a training exercise, is it? No, it is not. Let's get in the Huey. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They, no. uh, You're having fun now, kid. They they realize that they have to uh, they need a way to get into Alcatraz and they need a way to get through like the tunnels and everything because all the blueprints are are out
1: of date. Yeah, there's been renovations on top of renovations on top of like abandoned sections of Alcatraz. So they're like, well, none of these blueprints are like enough for us to really put together any kind of infiltration method. We need to get. Sean Connery. That's right. The, uh,
0: uh, Leo McGarry is like, well, I know a guy who can help us out. The only man who
2: ever escaped from Alcatraz. Not Leo McGarry. Uh, uh, Chris Carter guy says that. Oh, Leo right. McGarry's Philip like, Baker, you don't yeah. talk about him. He's not That's alive. right. That's oh, yeah. Like,
1: Detective Bookman yeah. from Seinfeld. Yeah. Philip Baker Hall. That's right. Uh, yeah. He's just like, uh, yeah, he wants to get the only guy to ever actually escape Alcatraz and in survive. On oh, wait. Yeah.
0: Which
2: one is Detective
1: Bookman?
0: Detective Bookman is the Chris Carter guy, who's yeah. also the Paul Thomas Anderson guy.
2: Right. Yeah. But who does... Which one is... Because when you say Detective Bookman, I'm thinking of the library cop, and that was Robert yes. Stack. That's a library cop. No, no, it, no was it wasn't no, no, no. Robert Stack. It was him.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Robert Stack, I don't... Robert Stack might have been on Seinfeld, but I don't
2: think I don't know, maybe so. Maybe not. Yeah, Okay.
1: Yeah, he's the guy who just, like... Oh, you think this is funny, Seinfeld? Ah, oh, with your overdue books. Oh your... no, that's a great episode. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic.
2: Yeah. Now, I just in my mind that was Robert Stack from Unsolved Mysteries. On
1: the DVDs, there is a wonderful section of bloopers on the days that he's filming, and Jerry Seinfeld simply cannot keep a straight face <laughs> through. And and if you watch the episode, he's trying so hard not to laugh on uh, all of those I'm scenes. Just this.
0: If you watch any episode of Seinfeld,
1: <laughs> he's trying pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah, it, he yeah. was the weakest link in his own show. Oh, yes. for sure. goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> uh so, yeah, they uh, But yeah, they say that like uh Bookman is just like, ah, he's an old man. He's as old as I am and I got to get up 3 times to take a piss at night. Yeah. Which is so, yeah. like dynamite Info, dude. Also, it probably means you should stop pounding all those beers before you go <laughs> yeah, to right bed. I think more importantly, you need your colon checked, buddy. Uh, pr- prostate, prostate, yeah, that's yeah.
2: nah, a prostate. <laughs> well, we didn't get prostate exams back in the nineties. That's true. We that just... wasn't until you had to wait till Spike TV started doing the uh, "Men Over Forty Go to the Doctor" commercial. Yeah, that's Ooh, true. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, or
0: between in between episodes of the Deadliest Warrior marathon. (laughs) Yeah, or mostly I was watching wrong. Who wins Zulu warrior or pirate? (laughs) Good show. Miss that show. Who wins medieval knight or Russian spetsnaz? (laughs) Yeah.
1: But, yeah, uh, this was definitely the time in the 90s where you just ignored all medical problems until you urinated blood. And then it was like your uh, your running man jewel activated. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, I only have a few years left.
2: (laughs) I guess we're
0: done
1: here. My time's up. Uh,
0: So they uh, drag Sean Connery out. Sean Connery plays James Mason. No, Uh, John Mason. John Mason. Mason. James
2: Mason plays the voice of God in all Eddie Izzard sketches. That's correct, yeah. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, I can see your confusion though. On uh, what what a what other famous British spy character has the first name James? Oh, I know. It's cr- yeah. he's very clearly supposed to be he's James very Bond. Clearly, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and right in the beginning, down the part where they cast Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah, and in the beginning, he's being pulled out of his jail cell, which is full of uh, philosophy and Shakespeare books and the Art of war. That's and the Sun Art of war, Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu. which has uh, boy, hey, uh, I know that this is like. Trite to do, uh, but seriously, if you go to somebody's house and they own the Art of War, stop knowing that person. Oh, that bad is the news, most. John. Yeah, I was about to say, know.
0: please leave, John. Yeah, I
1: have a copy. Oh, no. of that. I got a copy. I've read it several times so that I could get better at the Total War games. Well, that is a noble purpose. I hate the fucking, like, middle management people that buy it so that they can get good
0: at business. Uh, No, in fact, I probably don't have my copy of it anymore, but it was a gift to me. Right. I read it once and I was like, this is hard to read.
1: And not applicable to my life as a not-warlord. Actually, that was
0: the problem. In the early 2000s, I was a warlord.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that
0: brief period of time when I ran that gang out in New York.
1: Oh, the gangs of New York.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, we were the baseball furies. (laughs) So we all just
1: wore really
0: tight baseball uniforms and glitter makeup. I can't remember.
1: Is that the gang that had Liam Neeson and John C. Riley in it? Or was that the one that had fucking uh, My Left Foot? Yeah, it's My Left (laughs) Foot. Yeah, it's My Left Foot. That's (laughs) right. yeah. Yeah. Well, my mom doesn't want me to be a sad, lonely man, so I'll use the only part of my body I can control, my left foot, to take over New
0: York! Yeah, it was me, my left foot, (laughs) that guy with the big gun from Last of the Mohicans, you remember (laughs) him?
1: He was the last of the Mohicans. He was.
0: Uh, It was Abraham Lincoln, (laughs) uh, Bill the Butcher, and an oil man. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah. Nice.
2: That's good stuff.
0: It was. Yeah. We owned eight square blocks in New York. (laughs) For a brief time, you shook down a bunch of laundries. Yeah, man, but we basically like took over Coney Island. You know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> we it's was just... all for the Nathan's hot dogs.
1: <laughs> Everybody takes over Coney Island. You tried to expand your reach by getting in good with one of the fire brigades, but it all fell apart. Yeah,
0: well, they were unfortunately they were in the pockets of Tammany Hall. No. Oh no!
2: Everything always was. Uh, God damn! So, so stupid.
0: <laughs> so Sean Connery is uh, dragged out. Uh, J uh, John Mason. And this is one of my favorite shitty tropes of people who have been locked away for many years. He has the long, scraggly hair of a person who has not bathed in years and the perfectly manicured beard of an older Sean Connery. Yeah,
1: because yeah, one of those is real. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I love that later on, like, he gets a haircut and a shave, and all he does is. Shorten his mustache. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Which just I... Just trimming it up. Just trimming it up. Which I think is uh, uh, to the detriment of the beard, actually. Yeah, no, the yeah.
2: the recent Pierce Brosnan has, has proved that. You really yeah. want to rock that mustache out.
1: Oh, absolutely. Man. For sure. Especially but, if you're a former James Bond. This is also the scene, uh, looking at it, for the first time in my life, I had the thought of, oh, Sean Connery actually probably would have been a pretty good Gandalf. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was offered the part. But much like The Matrix, didn't understand the script and said no thank you. His Gandalf would have been considerably surlier, but also considerably more badass. Yeah, true. I just I, I like just, it would have be been much more intimidating. As much as I do love Ian McKellen in that role, oh, no, I think he, he, b- kills br- he brings a great warmth to the character. Yeah, I, uh, Sean Connery's Gandalf would have felt more dangerous for sure. Well, so con- especially as saying Gandalf, you yeah.
2: shall not pass and slamming
0: in unless well, the, like the whole world blows. Once up. he becomes Gandalf the White, oh, yeah. yeah. And, like, he's no longer, like, goofy Grandpa Gandalf.
1: Yeah. Plus, there's a very good chance he would have refused to come back for The Hobbit, and that would have spared us The Hobbit.
3: Yeah,
0: that
2: would have
1: been nice. Possibly. That would have been, like, the last nail in the coffin of just, like, let's just walk away from this idea. I
0: just love the idea of Peter Jackson going to Sean Connery and being like, all right, then, here's what the movie's about. It's <laughs> just uh, about a group of people uh, taking a minute, a ring. Wait wait
1: a minute. Peter. Yep. What happened to the blue wizards? <laughs> You're telling me that they went to the lands of the East to create a cult of magic? Well, that doesn't make any sense. They're simply avatars of Uluvatar the Great. What possible gain would they have for this cult of magic in the East? That's what Sean Connery really, uh... did,
2: though, right? Sean Connery was like, oh... He was
1: too into Tolkien. <laughs> this movie requires me to
0: read like 1,200 pages of books. No, I'm not doing this. Sean Connery was mad that none of the appendices information could make it in there. Uh, But if
1: we don't trace the line of Denethor to where it currently is, we won't really understand the wards of Gondor. I mean, mean, really,
0: we're just making a movie where they take a ring and drop it in a volcano, and that's all that's really going to happen. There'll be some fun special effects, you know, nothing like that.
1: So obviously the first thing that we're going to do in this movie is depict the great... Composing of the music so that we can see the disharmony of Melkor. Otherwise, the audience won't understand. And he was right about that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's give credit where it's due. See, the thing is, Melkor didn't want to blend with the harmony because he had the mortal sin of pride and wanted to be known in the beautiful music of the gods. But oh, oh, it stood out. It caused too much discord. So he was rejected from this plane of existence. That is when he came to Middle-earth, or Arda, as the actual planet is known. And the elves did call him Melkor.
2: Nice. And he
1: had a used car dealership. (laughs) Actually, no, uh, I'm remembering now they called him Morgoth. No, I, I'm so, I've yeah. disappointed you both I'll show yeah, myself yeah, out yeah, I ahead. feel
0: like Connery just bailed Because they, wouldn't, they weren't going to have Tom Bombadil in the movie
1: <laughs> It's very important that we understand That the ring has many effects On many creatures of Middle Earth And Tom Bombadil Why he's the love of the earth That we need to see right off the top Plus I want to see his sexy
0: river wife
1: <laughs> <laughs> You know He almost drowned to win her love That may have been the problem Not enough toplessness yeah. Well, you'll notice that in this movie, Sean Connery has uh, executive producer credit, which means he could shut down filming any time he wanted to take a nap. That's fair. And I don't think that was going to work for Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> there is... Too much to film. I just
2: like that The Matrix and Lord of the Rings came to Sean Connery was like, I don't fucking get it. But that man was in Highlander 2.
1: That man <laughs> was in League of Extraordinary, <laughs> Extraordinary Gentlemen. Gentlemen. But to be fair, he only
0: took League of Extraordinary Gentlemen because of the amazing success of Matrix and Lord <laughs> of the Rings. He goes, well, I should take the next thing that comes across my desk. What's this? League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Alan Quatermain, Giant ships in Venice. Let's do it. I don't understand anything. But I want that money,
1: (laughs) And then he got it. And then he got so much adoration and success, that was the culmination of his acting career. He never acted again because he did all he needed to do on League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That's true. Much like how Robert Downey Jr. reached the height of Hollywood fame and said, Yeah, Dr. Doolittle, I'm gonna make a dragon have to fart. (laughs) It's what I've always wanted to do. It's what my whole career is built up to. I'm going to make a fart on screen real hard. Nice. God bless that man. (laughs) There is a story uh, on the making of that movie where they had the script and Robert Downey Jr. came into the writer's office, dramatically flung the script up in the air and said, I've got some ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Dragon farts. Oh, so much. Uh,
0: so anyways, they pull him out. Uh, they bring him into the interrogation room. And William Forsythe is like, you're going to help me in will bit, but he's doing the old bad cop thing. Yeah. And they don't want him to know that there's chemical weapons or anything. They just want him to sh- to show yeah. them how to get into the rock.
1: It's on a need to know basis. And he doesn't need to know.
0: Right. But William Forsythe can't get any information out of him because all Sean Connery wants to do is get a room at the Fairmount Hotel.
1: And he's quoting some fucking Greek history and whatnot. And uh, Nick Cage is just like,
0: oh, I know that story. Yeah. Whenever Nick Cage uh, recognizes something in this movie, he has an orgasm. He
1: does.
0: Anytime
1: anytime Nick Cage does something in this movie. That's true. It's tremendous. Don't ever stop working, Nick Cage. (laughs) No. Continue to have exactly the career that you always have, which is... Oh, a movie with film going into a camera? I'm there.
0: <laughs> I just saw a, a press release yesterday from, I think, Deadline. Uh, and it's Nick Cage has a movie coming out that is just called Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> 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 uh, and hold on. I want to see... Uh, a martial, a, it's a sci-fi martial arts film about an alien that returns to Earth
1: every six
0: years uh looking for a fight <laughs> nice
1: <laughs> now this is very interesting because as we all know Nicholas Cage is a Krav Maga guy so the fact that he's going to do jiu jitsu for this movie whoa way so out of his, his comfort, comfort zone yeah. right he's going really to have really to branch it I love that what he has done as a performer I never truly appreciated it until this moment He has simply made everything his comfort zone. Yeah. (laughs) There is no out of his comfort zone. He is the color out of space. (laughs) You cannot typecast Nicolas
0: Cage. So, uh, Nick Cage, uh, Stanley Goodspeed goes in there to, uh, maybe see if he can get some information out. And he immediately, like, starts caving in on everything. He's like, get this man a coffee. Get this man a room at the hotel. Cut open
1: his, open his coffee.
0: Yeah, do the whole thing, uh... Meanwhile, uh, Sean Connery, uh, they they leave and they're like, Sean
1: Connery signs the the agreement that like, yes, I'll help you and thus I'll get a pardon. Uh, Leo tears up the pardon and he's just like, I'm not letting this guy back out. Uh, Meanwhile, Sean Connery fashions a like glass cutting blade out of a quarter. Yeah. He stomps on it with his chair like
2: one time. Yeah, to like rough it up and then he cuts a circle in the glass and then elbows it. But it's important to note that it's just the hole is just his elbow. Like it yes. didn't
1: seem to compromise the glass at all. No. I was really expecting the Looney Tunes thing where the cir- the inside of the circle remains intact and the rest of the glass breaks. Yeah, right. I
0: mean, I would have just even taken that circle fell out. No,
1: but it's just a hole roughly the size of his elbow. Or alternatively, he's got a big metal chair in that room. Right. I think that's prime glass-breaking material. Yeah, and he
0: he's not doing it for anything
1: but to just be kind of an asshole. Well, he, he sees who's in charge of the operation, which right. is his mortal enemy. Yes. John yeah. Spencer.
0: Uh, then they go to the hotel, uh, and the scene that follows, they bring... Uh, Anthony Clark is the guy in the scene. He plays... Uh, the Part that lots of comed- like lots of B list comedians had to play in the 80s and 90s, which is gay hair man. Yep, uh, it's yeah. also very similar to gay clothing shop man that Bronson Pinchot had to play throughout oh, right. the B- Beverly Hills Beverly cop Hills, movies. Yeah. Um, and Anthony Clark plays this, like, to, yeah,
1: to put it in perspective, Hank of Hank Azaria's performance in The Birdcage was like a sensitive portrayal <laughs> for the <Yes>. 90s, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, so yeah, this guy comes out and he's like, I'm not allowed to use scissors. No. Yeah.
1: Um, so he's giving, he's there to give Connery a haircut. Meanwhile, Connery is starting to put his escape plan into action by taking some rope out of that rope dispenser that's in the shower. You know, you know, know your shower rope. You know, you get it to tie your soap up. Well, I was just thinking like, I guess it's for soap on a rope. But I guess they think that the rope is what disintegrates in that scenario. Yeah, no, right. So you need more soap. So I you're need gonna more need rope. more rope. Yeah, it's real
2: weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. But in any case, he uses the rope and uh, he like ties one hand of uh, John Spencer and throws him off the fucking balcony.
1: Yeah, yes, it's terrific. Meanwhile, he's distracted the. Mafiosos that they hired to be his guards by just ordering a lot of room service. Yeah, this right. scene
0: is so weird because, like, outside he's like, they're having this struggle over uh, this man who's been thrown overboard of the building. And inside is literally like side characters from The Sopranos gonna be like,
1: Hey, you're gonna hey, try this lobster! Oh, oh, eat I it! Eat it. It's yeah. free food! I'm not gonna say no.
0: Hey, I oh. got a ghoul and whatnot! <laughs> uh, I'm half Italian, I can say that. <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> I have very little respect for a lot of actors on The Sopranos. One of them wrote a book that was literally, Hey, I wonder if uh, the fucking lead singer of the uh, Velvet Underground, whose name escapes me right this moment. Lou Reed? Lou Reed. I wonder if Lou Reed was my father. I think it goes something like this. That's
0: Michael Imperioli.
1: Yep. No. Deeply embarrassing. Weird. No. Good show, though. Real good show. Sopranos? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Real enjoy. It holds up, holds up really oh, well. Oh, for
0: sure. Yeah, James Gandolfini, man, what a what a great actor. What a treasure. Yep. Anyways, so uh, Sean Connery ties off this rope to a chair and escapes while these guys are going,
3: "Hey, look at this fruit basket!" <laughs> hey. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat>
0: uh, he immediately commandeers a Hummer. Yeah. Uh, and just shoots off. Uh, Nick Cage runs down, and he's able to commandeer a Ferrari. Yeah. And what follows is Hummer v. FBI car v Ferrari chase sequence through the streets of San Francisco. Yeah, uh, it's like bullet, fruit but stupid. Get rocked out. Uh, uh, a, a, a fucking f- water truck gets. But nailed. the fruit stand that gets rocked out also, I think, believes ha- happens to be in the trunk of a taxi cab. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: that's yeah. there too. Uh, there's a, a moment where a streetcar gets knocked off of its tracks and civilians are pouring out of it. Yeah, uh, that's good stuff. So they have to like dodge around the civilians and. Guys, why was there not a The Rock the Movie? Because these are all great video game levels. I think you mean, why wasn't there a Rock the Video Game? No, I know what I said. I stand by that. Okay.
0: Uh, Yeah, like that streetcar that gets knocked off its rails... Those people aren't just falling off like the inside; they are already hanging on the yeah. outside of it, which is like not safe to begin with.
1: And I guess streetcars in San Francisco operate like taxicabs in New York, where you gotta buy your medallion and yes. you have to keep up. You it's do your all the... streetcar, yeah, because yeah. When it because crashes... the streetcar driver will not leave. Yeah, he's in it till the very last <laughs> second. Well, he's like, look what you did to my streetcar. Yeah. Yeah, he says, my baby, <laughs> which is like. That's a mood. Well, (laughs) but anyway, don't worry because this very dedicated civil servant will be rewarded by the streetcar running into one of those, like. Gas barrels that will make the whole thing explode and shoot seven feet up in the air. Yeah,
0: yeah that streetcar flies in the air and then is held in midair by flames for a good seven seconds before <laughs> it drops falls down. Back.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh Nick Cage crashes his Ferrari uh, and immediately steals a guy's motorbike when the guy goes, Dude, you wrecked your Ferrari. And he goes, Zoom. It's not mine. And then (laughs) shoves him off his moped and fucking
1: shoots off after him. And this kind of highlights uh, a problem that will become more evident in a lot of later Michael Bay movies, which is Michael Bay doesn't quite know how to film not action Right. So like anytime, this is the first sort of seed of it where like as Nick Cage is just talking or doing anything in this sequence, the camera is like doing 180s around his face, zooming in dramatically. It's literally doing the bad boys for life pan. Yeah. And the whole time it's just like, none of this makes any sense for the way that you're filming this dialogue.
0: Meanwhile, Sean Connery, despite the fact that he's been in prison for 30 years, Picks up the car phone inside of the yeah, phone. Yeah, he knows
1: to call four one one for information. Yeah, he calls yeah.
0: information from the car phone so he can get the uh, address or the phone number for his daughter, so he can tell her to meet him at the Palace of Arts.
1: There, he leads- yeah. meanwhile uh, Nick Cage is on the motorcycle calling his like lab buddy. Yeah. Yes. Who's like, I'm quitting my
0: government job to go work for
1: the fucking roach company. Isn't that great? He's like, yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Get into the private sector as as soon as you can. Uh, Public work is bullshit. Everything should be owned. But right uh, now, run down this name.
0: Yeah, so they uh, hack the planet and are able to find uh, no real information about uh, Mason, but they do find his next of kin.
1: Well, they, f- they are able to track him by looking at... They can't find his name in any database, oh, but, but they can find transfer. one transfer that mm-hmm. has no name attached to it right. around the time that he would have been transferred. Right. And they
0: find his daughter, Jade Angelou, uh, yeah. and they go to he goes to her house... And then, like, just creepily follows her and her friend.
1: I ineptly follows her. Yeah, like, man. It's very yeah. much a like whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, especially because he's
0: riding the loudest ass dirt bike on the planet. But then he
1: ditches that, and he's constantly bellowing his sports coat into the air as he is frantically flailing all of his legs, just <clears throat> right across the street from them, not even, like, behind anything. Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, so Sean Connery's Mason meets up with uh, his daughter, Jade Andrew, played by Claire Forlani of Meet Joe Black fame. She does not play Joe Black. She plays the lady. She plays the meat. Yeah, oh, she plays the lady yeah, what he meets. You're right. Yeah. She looked
1: familiar.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: She's the one that walked away before he got hit by them two cars. I was yeah. going
1: to say, that's the only part of the movie that I have any recollection of because it's a great gif.
0: Uh, That and the part where he eats peanut butter and he's really into peanut butter. Like he just wants to fuck that peanut butter. I get it. I don't... Peanut butter's not that good. I mean, first taste, Give though. me, Give me regular butter. I guess if I'm, I'm... Give me that country crock. If it was a, a
1: container of country Rock.
3: crock that he was
1: eating, ooh, yeah. I think what it was, because it was his first day as, like, a mortal vessel upon this realm, and this is the first, like, food substance he's really come sure. to. It's, like, for the same reason that, like, you know, the... The first song you hear from a band that you really like kind of becomes your default favorite song, even though there's way better songs that that band has done. Right, like
0: how I feel about Pumps and a Bump being the best Hammer song,
1: (laughs) Yeah, when really the best Hammer
0: song is probably too legit to quit. Yeah,
1: Probably. it's got a, it's got a whole hand thing that goes That's with true. it. It's great. Also if, you can dance with just your hand. Also,
0: to be fair, there's no way that in a Bump was the first hammer song I heard. <laughs> yeah. Not even possible. Well no,
1: you're experiencing your life backwards like Benjamin Button. We all get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that movie was, right? Time I'm is a flat circle. So absolutely cool. never gonna see it, so yeah, I don't I hope have I'm right. four hours of my day to give a, give to that. Here's the thing. I do because we're in the end times, but like I'd rather spend that four hours, I don't know, fucking watching Darkwing Duck Again, please. I've been rewatching Venture Brothers. It's been great. Goddamn, nice. such and a show. And I just show. started watching The Boys. Nice. Yeah, okay. it's not bad. Yeah, I kind—I hope that it's kind of the uh the boys. The comic wasn't Mark Millar, but there is a very it's Garth Ennis. Yeah, yeah, but there's a very like Mark Millar level of maturity in that book. But like Mark Millar's work, usually when it's translated into movies, they're like. We gotta make it less embarrassing. Right. And I'm hoping that that's what happens to the boys. Well,
0: it gets rid of a lot of, like, Garth Ennis' super rough, gross edges. Yeah. Uh, so far. I've not read the book, but I've seen the show. And so far, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. The effects are surprisingly well done for a
2: TV show. Nice. nice. Yeah. Good to know. Anyways...
0: Uh, so the oh yeah, he meets so, his daughter. Yeah, he
2: meets his daughter, and they have like a little meet and greet talk about. Yeah, we find awkward. out
0: that she was conceived after a Led Zeppelin concert. Yeah, uh, like everybody who lives in
2: San Francisco.
0: Yep. Well, no, because a lot of those people were probably conceived after either Jefferson's airplane starship or Jefferson's starship concerts That's also yeah. fair. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the Grateful Dead. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, the people from Grateful Dead, they were conceived during the concert. <laughs> Correct. <laughs>
2: Correct.
1: Well, you yeah. got so much time.
0: Well, you understand those guitar solos are 40, 50 minutes of piece. Oh, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah,
1: you play eight songs, that's 36 nah. hours.
0: Nah. Yeah, when Jerry Garcia starts masturbating with his guitar, you gotta start fucking...
1: Hey, remember when the Dead toured with Dylan? Bob Dylan? Dylan and the Dead? No, thank you. I
0: do not remember that.
1: Yeah, well, it happened before any of us were alive. Okay. That's probably for the best. Absolutely. Although a well-timed, like, hollowing out of the earth to swallow one group of people could have saved us a lot of trouble. Sure. Hey, Uh, man, they tried their best at Altamont. (laughs) (laughs) Yee! That's the other thing. So the bikers are kind of involved in our current apocalypse and if you like went back in time ten years and were like, Yeah, the bikers are gonna play a key role in the end of the world, I'll be like, Oh shit! They drink the forbidden vodka, and it gives them superpowers where they breathe fire and fart cyanide capsules, and they just run rampant through the entire continent. No, they go to a fucking Smash Mouth concert and all get sick. Yeah, that's how they do it. Cool. And then they truck it back out to your hometown. (laughs) God damn it. The, The apocalypse is
0: so stupid. Yeah. Uh, so uh, obviously all the cops show up and
1: uh... the cops show up and Nick Cage has been overhearing the conversation where Sean Connery just wants to reconnect with his daughter so he tries to save face where the daughter's like Oh, are they here to get you again? And he's like, ah, oh, yes, I believe they are. But Nick Cage Oh, well, like, I'm
0: Stanley Goodspeed! Yeah, he's yeah, working with FBI
1: us! he works with us! And the daughter believes it, despite the fact that they are surrounded 360 degrees by armed policemen with weapons drawn.
0: <laughs> yeah, pointing them at Sean Connery. And she's like, yeah, this tracks. It's
2: reasonable. It's very reasonable.
0: I gotta go to the mall and take... Part in a game show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. It's a Mallrats? It's involved in the she, whole skewniverse? She's the lady from Mallrats. I didn't know that. Yeah, Clara Forlani. She's j- j- uh, the main guy's girlfriend.
1: Weird. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember anyone from that movie except for Jason Lee and uh, Ben Affleck. Oh, you don't remember Ethan Sibley? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not if I take my medication. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they they are off to the fucking planning stages of infiltrating Alcatraz, uh, and it's Sean Connery's just like, well, you know, I did it all by like sense, memory, and feeling my way out. So I'm just gonna come with you guys, and also we gotta bring Nick Cage with us because he's the only one that knows how to like handle the virus. All yeah.
2: right,
0: to the GI Joe underwater jet skis. Yeah, there's this really long sequence of them like flying up to Alcatraz. Well, it's
2: Wicked Navy helicopter porn. Michael Bay always (laughs) lets me masturbate to Wicked Navy helicopter porn. That's true.
0: Uh, And sometimes, if you're lucky, Wicked Navy fucking jet fighter porn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but th- this sequence takes forever because they have to have Nick Cage like goofing with all of his things that he doesn't know. Right, like he's got a scuba tank and he's like shooting oxygen all over the place. He's Like, oh, I'm a goofball,
1: blue, blue. Yeah. But this is where he gets a very important part of his kit, which is a fucking Wolverine switchblade syringe.
0: Yes. Everybody there is given a syringe with a retractable needle mm-hmm. uh, so that if they accidentally inhale any of this VX gas, they can inject their heart with it. like 20 it and, seconds. Yeah.
2: Stab yourself in the heart and you'll live.
0: Uh, so they, yeah, they uh, drop out of radar range, but it's too late. Ed Harris and his goons know they're coming and uh, they're getting everything ready. And there's only like a few hours left before yeah, shit's going yeah, down. yeah. They uh, they drop them off in the water and yeah you've got a bunch of guys with those little handheld
1: like uh, SVUs I think.
0: Uh, no, I think you're thinking of Sequest
1: DSVs. Oh, I usually am. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that the talking dolphin? Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Then, Life is
1: pain. <laughs> <laughs> Don't breathe
3: water.
1: <laughs> yes, we know you shouldn't exist.
0: Uh, did the dolphin talk or did they just have a device that they could understand what it said when it I don't whipped, know I never watched
1: e-eed. fucking Sequest dude oh man you wow. missed a lot man yeah. you, had,
0: you had Roy Scheider <laughs> Roy Scheider and Ted Raimi Yeah. And Jonathan Brandis, star of Ladybugs and Sidekicks. Sure, but I ain't gonna watch fucking Sequest about it. But Roy Scheider quit the show because it was getting too silly, so they replaced it with Michael Ironside. (laughs) And then they traveled to the future and it was Sequest 2032. (laughs) Still questing at sea. (laughs) Uh, that was basically their version of Baywatch Nights, I think. <laughs> yeah, pretty All much. of a sudden, they just fight ghosts and werewolves for no reason. Well, you
1: may have realized that this is when the X Files premiered. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh,
0: so, yeah, there's the tiny little handheld things. You played a Call of Duty. You played with them. Yeah. But there's also
1: underwater ATVs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. <sighs> yep. Yeah, they're four Which- potters. <laughs> I don't understand how they decide who gets the, like, little single units and who gets the cool Judge Dredd motorcycles. Oh, you gotta, it. it's the, who has the CDL? Yeah, that's no, I guess you're right. right. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta get additional training. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, they arrive on the shore, t- and the, the first obstacle they get to is a locked door? We didn't prepare for this. Oh, no!
0: You know what the problem is? Nobody bothered to say Melon at the door, because I bet it would have opened right up. Yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> speak friend, baby! Well, that was
1: the thing. When Sean Connery got to that point in the Fellowship script, he's just like, I don't understand. Would it... it? It's a riddle. So the riddle is speak friend and enter. But why is this one word the word that it responds to? Because it's friend in old <laughs> Dwarvish. But I... Why don't other why don't you just say I'm I hello, they're already dwarf <laughs> It's a riddle, Sean Connery. Oh, I don't into the garbage with this. <laughs> and it's not even really a riddle, it's more of a joke. Yeah, yeah. Like what, that's what I love. The dwarves riddle is just a goof. Yeah. What I love is it's on that level of like you're playing D D and you're the game master and you wanna give your friends a riddle, but you know it can't be so easy that they'll overthink it or so hard that they'll never get it, so you just give them this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And then they still are just like, well, obviously, there's 18 syllables in it, which means it must be divisible by this. And it's just like, God damn it, roll perception. It has nothing to do with numbers. <laughs> nah, because generally what'll happen is you'll have the whoever's playing, like, the lunkhead
0: barbarian go, I roll strength to kick it down. <laughs> damn right. And then you go, okay, and then they somehow roll like a 20 and kick it down. And they're like, we did it. And I was like, you idiots, now you have to fight all the orcs. <laughs> well, this isn't fair. I was like, you kicked a fucking door down,
1: stupid. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? So thankfully, next to this impenetrable locked door, there is a series of <laughs> gears and flamethrowers. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, the underneath of of Alcatraz (laughs) appears to be a series of uh, Home Alone slash Goonies style old school booby traps. And like mining equipment and shit. It's weird. Yeah, they're all straight up like suspended mine carts yeah. Yes. on zip lines. Yeah. This
1: is fucking Dracula's Castle from Castlevania Symphony of the Night, where it just it makes sense as a video game level, kind of. Also, it's true, cause at the end of the rock, after they save the day, the rock flips upside down. <laughs> That's true. We know, gotta go way, through way it backwards. Back. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh no! <laughs>
0: um so uh Sean Conry a a de-
1: Godspen spell backwards is Dracula! <laughs> <laughs>
0: So uh, Sean Connery's Mason is just staring at this
1: uh, spinning gears and, he's like, and I've fire. I've memorized the timing, and, and and he like just like rolled it when when we're looking at it f- to like establish what it is. It looks like it's flamethrower rotating gear, flamethrower, and that's it. But he starts rolling under it, and it's like a mile long. Yeah, there's like yeah, it's thirty, 30 gears. gear space, flamethrower <laughs> <laughs> gear space. But he he rolls in, and in like
2: immediately,
1: as soon as he's out of like line of sight of all of the Navy SEALs, they're like, Well, he obviously betrayed us. (laughs) He's clearly gone. It's like they all lack object permanence, (laughs) it's
0: like they're all just babies. Uh, The door finally unlocks after literally 12 seconds. (laughs) Tops. And he lets them in with his iconic line Welcome to the Rock. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's you're like, oh, cool. It's been an hour, 40 minutes, yeah. and the movie can start. <laughs> and then they just start bucking
2: it through the underworks until they finally get to the shower room. Like, it's just a... a, a, a,
1: a, a well, they get to under- underneath the shower. There's, like, some, some the drainage pipes. pipes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and they go up in, and... So, the terrorists have not been, like, checked in upon from the movie since they, like, took over Alcatraz. Right. So, we have a little check-in where they're just like, oh, man... Ooh, there's still some time left. Ooh, I don't know about this. Maybe our plan's not going to work. Uh, and they, like, call up into the, like, ransom room. And they're just like, Ah, oh, hey! Just us, the terrorists. Just wanted to, like, make sure you didn't lose our number or anything. Right. You know, <laughs> I know that that can happen sometimes. Uh... Oh, it's me, the terrorist. By the way, I don't know if I, if you remember, uh, you may have lost my number. I understand it's okay. Uh, okay I was wanted
0: other... to know. <laughs> look, I was on the other line. I thought maybe you
1: called, so I thought I'd call you back. Exactly. Did, you, did you guys send the money already? It's okay if you haven't. I just need to know so that I can tell my banking people like to look out for it. Yeah. Just what's the on? Uh, okay, okay.
0: So uh, meanwhile, the uh, the the good goons, was led by Michael Bean, we haven't even mentioned yeah, that. Oh, Michael Bean! Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they, uh, raise up a, a uh, little fiber optic, uh, little worm Camera. eye yeah. to like look around and they, uh, notice that there's these, there's a motion sensor, yeah, very there. special motion slash seismic sensors. Yeah. It's like a tension trigger. He says, yeah. yeah. John C. McGinley Tumble sets trigger. them Tumble up at the trigger. beginning and he says, nobody knows about these. They're my own,
1: they made my own design. Which is, so they know that the most logical point of ingress is going to be the ladder in this shower room. Right. So they put a little motion sensor with a little seismic, like, backup to it instead of, like... A guy. A guy. Which is weird because we're constantly going, like, checking in with the terrorists and they're all just in a room together. Yeah, they're all just loafing around. Nobody's protecting the hostages. Yeah. Nobody's scouting the perimeter. Nobody's in... The shower room. Yeah, Yeah, there's literally (laughs) the one scene where there's the goon. He's
0: laying back on a cot, legs spread eagle, and he's like, "Everything okay, boss? (laughs) (laughs) Just checking in." Just like screaming.
1: (laughs) Oh. Well, yeah, no, it's like when your mom yells at you from the other room that dinner's ready and he's just like, I'm finishing up Final Fantasy! I'll be down in a minute! <laughs> Ugh, I didn't have a TV in my bedroom growing up. I actually didn't have a TV in my bedroom until after I graduated high school. Yeah, no, man, I had a. I, had I a, bought it myself.
0: I had a radio. I had, like, a stereo. Nice. So it'd be like... Dinner's ready. And I would go, I'm listening to corn. <laughs> <laughs> just let me hear the part where it goes, boom, da, ba, boom, real quick. But yeah. Mom, I, Mom, I just put on Follow the Leader. I don't hear anything. The first 12 tracks are silent. <laughs> it's probably something about his dad. I don't know. <laughs> All the stuff in there is about his dad. <laughs>
1: So they trigger the censor, uh, goons come in, they take the high ground and all of Michael Bean's, uh, seals are on the low ground and they're just like, Michael Bean is yelling. Yeah, I also agree with the grievances that you have with the American government, but that doesn't mean that you have to like do anything about it, man. And he's like, of course I got to do something about it. I'm, I'm a general guy. <laughs> and then it's literally the way it's shot. It keeps cutting, fast cutting back and forth between Michael Bean and Ed Harris just yelling at each other. Yeah, yeah. he
0: goes, he's like, I order you to stand down. I won't follow that order. I order you to. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to shoot you. You can't order me. I yeah. just ordered you, but
2: you can. <laughs> and then I just did. Thankfully, somebody accidentally knocks over some rocks and the sound causes the gunfight to start. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: also, very ironic that Michael Biehn plays the leader of the SEAL team in this movie, as he was also the star of Navy Seals. Oh shit!
2: However,
0: Is he's this about pa- to
1: get shot to crap? Yeah, yeah, correct. Uh, so this obviously takes place in the timeline after the Navy Seals movie. Correct. Yeah. Uh, we also establish later on in this movie that this definitely takes place in the Independence Day universe.
0: Uh yes yes yeah. that's correct. we'll get to that
1: uh, but yeah all of the Navy SEALs are wiped out it's just Sean Connery and Nick Cage and they got to fucking rock around the clock baby because there's only about like an hour left until their deadline right yes. and at this so point uh
0: at this point back in the command center they're like William Forsythe is like well it's over it's fucking over man forget it. it game over just bring in the thermite plasma. and then uh,
1: Michael Bean radioed in with his dying breath to say that's my line from aliens 2 not to be confused with aliens colonial uh, marines that i also did voices in and also said game over man game over but that was a really bad video game so let's not talk about it hey you know what's a good alien video game alien isolation for the playstation 4 and xbox one it's more of like a stealth game so it goes back to when alien was like a horror movie in space and not like an action movie i always kind of disagreed with the direction that james cameron took the franchise after that first movie was such a tense little thriller anyway it's just me the
0: beanster except that the line "Game Over" is actually spoken by Bill Paxton.
2: There. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's the thing.
1: Uh, Michael Bean has a terrible memory. Oh, of course. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, just yeah, make no,
2: it That's sure. Of fair, course. That's fair. <laughs> though he is a prophet, though, because he's telling us in 1996 about that sweet PS4 game. That's, that's coming right. Out. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh,
1: so, so there's this thing. It's called a PlayStation. Your kids are going to love it. <laughs> it what You're you, going to hit squares and triangles. This is what, 1995, 96? So it'll be out maybe in like a year or two. I think it might already be out. It might be announced in Japan as the Nintendo PlayStation, but that deal is going to go south real quick. So it's going to end up being the Sony PlayStation. They're going to release it as a standalone console and not as a CD expansion port for the Super Nintendo. Just
2: whatever you do, don't buy a
1: Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> Just... If you're a Sega fan, hold out till 9999 Dreamcast!
0: So uh, <laughs> William Forsyth is like, we got to bomb him. And Leo is just like, whoa, 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 hold on. And he's like, you better tell me what's going on with this Mason guy. And he's like, all right, here's the deal. 30 years ago, the... Uh, the British. It was thirty yeah. years
1: ago today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It John, was Mason years ago today. To <laughs> John Mason took his man to play.
3: John Mason
0: took his man to play to steal some microfilm from J. Edgar Hoover's room. <laughs> yeah. So let me introduce to you Sean Connery's John
3: Mason. <laughs> John Mason stole secret microfilm. Yeah.
1: So yeah, he's he stole all of uh, J. Edgar Hoover had been uh, spying on a lot of like European superpowers, including yes. Britain. So the SAS sends him to the United States to steal the stuff. They send (laughs) James Bond. Correct. To steal the stuff. Uh, But he He gets, gets caught at the Canadian border. Which is hilarious. Just walk through the unguarded wood. Yeah, know, you don't right? need to go through a checkpoint to get into Canada. You cross friend. a ditch, for but most the best of it. part you is you can get a rowboat on fucking Lake Michigan and get to Canada if you really wanted to. True facts. But the best
0: part is the examples he gives of national secrets on this microfilm are the aliens landing at Roswell, New Mexico, and who, and who killed Kennedy.
2: The two
1: great mysteries of boomer times. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, confirming that JFK's assassination was an inside job. Of course. And that aliens exist and crash landed in Roswell, New Mexico, thus bringing it in line with the Independence Day timeline. Correct. So of
0: course, yeah. And also the Oliver Stone JFK timeline.
1: Go. No thanks.
2: <laughs> That's a tough one. It really is. Yeah.
1: Because it's like a lot of things with Oliver Stone where it's like, I, you're not... Right, the way you're saying it, though. No, like I, I broadly agree with what you're saying, but like the way that you're actually saying it is is very wrong and stupid. Also, if we get into the specifics, it's pretty wrong and stupid. Yeah. Also, stop being friends with dictators, my dude.
2: Yeah. Also,
1: just (laughs) stop.
2: Yeah, just stop. Stop.
1: (laughs) Can we go back before you made
2: Alexander and you just stopped then? <laughs> yeah, your last movie is Any Given Sunday, <laughs> and we're done.
0: Yeah, because we don't need your your fucking bullshit nine eleven movie, oh, no, and we, we don't, don't need your weird fucking W movie either. Yeah,
1: although I do really love the scene in that where W chokes on the pretzel. I mean, that's, that's funny. pretty good. That's good in isolation. That of was course. a good short film.
0: <laughs> uh, Man. so
1: unfortunately, it was eight hours long. Yeah. So, uh, so Nick Cage convinces, uh, Sean Connery that like, look, we got to do this. We got to take out the missiles. Your daughter is in, uh, San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. My fiance and unborn child are in San Francisco. Let's just do one more mission, buddy. Let's get this done. Well, this is technically also, I think the first that Sean
2: Connery hears about the missiles. I think this has been hidden from him up until this point.
1: Yeah. So he's just like, all right, fine. We'll take care of the missiles and then we'll go. Yeah. Uh, they get to the first missile, which is located in Poison Ivy's fucking Arkham Asylum cell. The first, like, 12 missiles. <laughs> they're all stored there together. Yeah, they're starting in the weird fucking
0: uh, uh, botany department of the basement of Alcatraz. Yeah. Which,
1: I can't remember if this was before or after the minecart chase. This is before. This okay. is before because the minecart chase. Of, technically, this is the morgue is where they are. That's right. The morgue is in
0: the botanic gardens of Alcatraz. So yeah,
1: uh, Nick Cage is taking apart one of the missiles and he's like, here's how we're gonna disarm them because we can't get rid of the virus. Uh, in this Nerve toxin. It's not technically a virus. Right. In this uh, fucking pearl string configuration, which like, You don't need to have a name for that. They're just dangly. It's it's dumb. It's fine. But he's like, we're going to take out the guidance systems for the missiles so that if they launch them, they'll just fall harmlessly into the ocean. Right. Yeah. Which can't possibly be how that works yeah right i love that (laughs) harmlessly harmlessly into the ocean it'll just put this this fucking nerve toxin into the water supply
2: well i mean that's the thing we've been harmlessly putting things in the water supply (laughs) for
0: ages boys that's why starfleet sent captain kirk and crew back to san francisco to get them whales right
1: because the nerve
0: toxins
2: from the rock
1: (laughs) killed them all Yeah, again, this is this movie is the, like, snow globe episode of "Sane Elsewhere of the <laughs> yes. cinematic world. Well,
0: just think, this is 1996, and, like, just a couple more years, it's time for the eugenics
2: war. <laughs> True facts. <sighs> and it's not
0: hard to believe that dropping all that toxin into the water would affect people in such a way that they yeah. would feel the need to genetically enhance or fix people who've been beset with
1: this disease. True facts. Fair enough. Uh, so yeah, they, they take it out. Nick Cage is describing all the symptoms of I'm just of trying like, to get
0: Nick Cage in a Star Trek movie, please.
1: Oh yeah. No, that's gotta <laughs> fucking happen. God, we were so close to having Nick Cage's Superman. I know. Oh, it would have been a terrible movie, but that would have been cool. I don't yeah. know,
2: man. That's probably got a good shot at being the best Superman so far. It, it, bars You're low. not wrong. The bars, the bar's low. Bars low.
1: Because, I mean, Reeve is good, but the movies aren't. The first, I, the, first the first one, I think, really holds up. It holds up very well as a as what a comic book movie used to be, which is like this is like a live action cartoon. Yeah, well, we take yeah. it a little more seriously, but it is essentially like this is like for this is to make you feel like you are a child watching. Well, and this. it's
0: very much like a Superman comic book from like Silver Age Superman, Definitely, right? Yeah. yeah,
1: and the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2 is also very good, and even the theatrical Richard Lester cut. Pretty good movie. There's
0: some good stuff in Superman 2. Yeah. I mean, all the shit with Zod is fucking badass.
1: Absolutely. But then what is it? Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, where he's fighting Quasar, who has, like, nuclear he's, fingernails. He's just the nuclear man. That's man. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it goes downhill real fast well, with Superman movie in qualities. In Superman
0: 3, he fights Richard Pryor, a computer hacker. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. They definitely got bogged down in, like, not knowing, because they burn off Zod so quickly as the threat, and they kind of, like, they turned Lex Luthor into more of, like, a comic character, like, like comical, comic relief kind of villain. So they don't really have the technology to do, like, a convincing brainiac. They can't do, I don't, they haven't done Death of Superman, so they don't have uh, Doomsday or anything like that. So they really, after the second one, struggle with, like, I guess another real estate scheme? <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean,
0: why don't well, just do a movie where Superman fights Bizarro?
1: Hell yeah. That'd be great
0: then you have Christopher Reeve gets to play both parts well they kind of did that in what was it Superman which Superman Superman was it Superman 3 where where he gets
1: drunk and fights himself
0: yeah he well he takes I think he gets red kryptonite or something and makes him an asshole and then at some point they like get split into two different people or something they fight in a
1: uh, fucking junkyard yeah
0: Yeah, I think that's 3 I can't
3: remember
1: yeah and then there was that one directed by that sex criminal starring that other sex criminal let's not talk about that one all I'm saying
2: is Nick Cage Superman
1: could have been, like, a top three Superman. Oh, for sure. Easily.
2: Absolutely. Yep.
1: But that's not what we got. Instead, we got The Rock. So he takes the fucking guidance (laughs) chips out of the missile to harmlessly fall into the ocean if they launch them, and then they're like, well, what do we do now, Sean Connery? Minecart chase? Minecart chase! Yeah, Yeah. and it's a pretty cool minecart chase (laughs) slash shootout. You know, from that deep, rich mining operation that they had going on in Alcatraz. Well,
0: John, you have to understand, not only could the prisoners not escape from Alcatraz, but they also had to earn their keep there. (laughs) So prisoners were frequently trafficked down there to dig deep Unfortunately, they delved too deep. <laughs> oh, no. And too greedily. You know what they awoke beneath the rock. Was well, it a dragon?
1: So now here's... No, it's minecarts. Here's oh. the thing, Peter Jackson. You're showing me all of this, you know, conceptual art that you're doing yeah, for this Yeah, it's pretty movie. great, yeah. I can't help but notice that you've given the Balrog wings? And you've made him like a giant dragon character. When yes. in the book, it's very clearly described as no bigger than the size of a human with shadow And the wings are a metaphor for the dread that is spreading throughout the course of the room. Because otherwise, if this creature did have wings, and me playing Gandalf, my plan is to lure him onto a staircase and crush it so that we fall into a pit, he would just fly with his wings, Peter. His wings would fly him. I see what you're saying.
0: But, keep in mind, I gave him a whip. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: i think we've got creative differences on this <laughs> best just go our separate ways
0: uh so yeah this minecart chase slash shootout is pretty cool uh there's uh two uh great moments that happen one john c mcginley
1: gets set on fire yeah uh which is, which makes no sense, because he's wearing thick combat boots that get set on fire. Well, but uh,
2: they gave uh, Sean Connery a squirt bottle of kerosene yes. for exactly this reason.
1: Yeah, but still, and he squirt bottles. Yeah, and lights they him
2: gave up.
0: him his pouch, and it was a squirt bottle of kerosene, several washers, and then like a pick or something like yeah, that. Yeah,
2: something like that. But he does. It should be noted, like John McGillie doesn't die from the fire. The fire actually goes out fairly rapidly. He just falls yeah. down. And then Sean Connery takes his
1: knife out of his pack and stabs him. Yeah. He, he does, stabs it, him to the mine cart they were just on and then cuts the rope it was dangling right. on so, so it then, drops. Yes, yeah, so he drops And, and then drowns. also
0: a guy takes a straight up fucking like air conditioner unit to the skull. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: that was back in the morgue. Oh, that's That's right. an environment kill bonus yeah. points. Uh, this is also where Nick Cage tastes death for the first time. Yeah, by shooting that actor that's also in everything. Yeah, yeah, that guy's in a ton of stuff. Yeah, he shoots a terrorist right dead and uh, doesn't seem that bothered by it, which no. should be very concerning for him. Have
0: we passed the part where Sean Connery told him that winners go home
2: and fuck the prom queen? Uh, yes, yeah. this is right before they go into the morgue. He's like, yeah. uh, are you ready for this? And Nick Clayton's I'm, like, I'm gonna try my, my best. best. He goes, losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. And then he goes, Carla was the prom queen. And then Connery's like,
0: Oh. (laughs) Yeah, Connery's just
1: like,
2: I didn't expect you to have a follow-up. Well, if you
1: can fuck a prom queen, you can probably kill a man. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, they've they've done that, but oh no, now the terrorists are alerted to their presence, so they take a hostage out of the cell, and they're just like, you, whoever is down there, come up with the guidance chips in like ten minutes, or we kill this hostage. Sean Connery's like, look, I'll go up there and buy you some time, you go find the other rockets and take out the guys. Right, there's chips.
0: two more rockets they have to find.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Sean Connery goes up and he's just like, "Well, hello, it's me, Sean Connery." Uh, and Ed Harris is like, "Weird that they would send like a Brit this this in this like American like you're on foreign soil, my friend. What's well, up? You're out of your oh,
2: marching boys. Out, out of says. your
1: jurisdiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's up to the feds now." Uh, Something really frustrating for me is that they establish in his dossier that he was born in Glasgow, yet... Everybody calls him English. Yeah. Yes. Which well, must be infuriating for a Scotsman. When they ask him
2: what he's like, where he's from, he says, "I serve in Her Majesty's
1: <laughs> Special Services." Yeah. Scotland is part of the United Kingdom, <laughs> my I friends. Mean, also, they're Brits, John. They're Brits, but they're not English. Also, well, John, they call them Brit, though. I would
0: like they they to call point out, Sean, I would like to point out that this is 1996. These are Americans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, cultural uh, intricacies are not their strong points.
1: Yeah, this was pre-Brexit, so we had no need to understand the difference between England and the UK. Yeah,
0: if you're east of Spain, guess what? (laughs) You're from England. (laughs) I mean, I guess Bono
1: had educated us about Ireland at this point, so we knew that they weren't English. Right. Well, they also, like, made a really... Explosive demonstration <laughs> of not being English. That's true. The Scots were just like, well, you're not going to get our finest sheep. That's for damn sure. Right? When you're buying guns from
2: Gaddafi, <laughs> most people have figured out you're probably not English.
0: Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so Connery basically takes the place of this hostage, and he's just basically just buying time by like talking yeah.
1: shit. Uh, Nick Cage, meanwhile, finds another cache of rockets, uh, takes out the guidance chips, but oh no! He gets beset by dangling terrorists. Yeah. Spider terrorists. Who promptly beat the crap out of him and throw him in a jail cell. Yep. Uh, and this is the most Nicolas Cage section of Nicolas Cage in this movie, where he is, lay- he is laying on his back in the jail cell, with his arms and legs outstretched to the four corners of the jail cell, just repeating the last thing he heard before his capture, which is, "I'm gonna enjoy gutting you, boy. I'm gonna enjoy gutting you, boy." Yeah, but he keeps working the memory. I'm gonna enjoy gutting you, boy. <laughs> it's
0: he's like <laughs> so about to audition
1: for that role. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's like, guys, I'm
1: done with this Nick Cage part. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ah, uh, Nick Cage. Uh, Okay, we got number 23 in the room. Uh, Nick Cage, you're on deck. You're going to be going in after that. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. I'm going to enjoy gutting you, boy. I'm going to enjoy gutting you, boy. I'm going to enjoy gutting you, boy. I'm going to enjoy gutting you, No, too much, too much. That's way too much. Yeah. That'll be my backup if they ask me to do it again. Yeah. I'll, I'll like, really reach for Uh, that. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, and Sean Connery is in another jail cell and he's got, uh, he's tied up a bunch of like blankets together to try to like lasso the levers that open the jail doors. Meanwhile, Nick Cage is just fucking going for it. Yeah. 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 So let me get this straight. You went through the drainage ditch, the fire gears, the mine cart. What I want to know is how in the name of Zeus's Butthole, did you get out of your jail cell? Because that would be good information to have right now. And then Sean Connery opens the jail cell door. Yeah. I <laughs> love the way he... It's so good. He enunciates
0: Zeus's butthole. Yeah, It's... Buddy. A glorious line delivery. He should have won every Oscar just for that.
1: Yeah, well, because he knows if he runs it together too much, it'll sound like Zeus's Batoll. and they'll be like, oh, like bikini atoll? Like the nuclear bomb? <laughs> of that's course, a weird thing of to Of course, lie. right, right.
0: Uh, so well. they, they escape now, and uh, this time Mason's like, fuck it, I'm done. This is bullshit. I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) And they like go outside and he's going to fucking swim back to shore and Nick Cage is like, well, I'm going to do it by myself then and I'm going to fucking win. Yeah, he's like, I had
1: three weeks of combat training 10 years ago so I could go up against these guys. Sure. Great. (laughs) And it is... The best passive-aggressive performance. Oh, yeah. Nick Cage... Well, he does then run
2: off and immediately get caught. Yeah, he's immediately caught. <laughs> yeah. By
1: goons. Uh, uh,
0: by a goon. And then uh, just before he's able to shoot Nick Cage in the head, Nick, Sean Connery shows up and brutally snaps his yeah, neck. Yeah, just snaps and his And he says, neck. well,
1: last time I swam the channel, I was your age, so I'm fucked either way. So <laughs> let's yeah. get these missiles. Meanwhile, the terrorists have reached their deadline. Three minutes to go. Yeah. And they're all just like, General, we got to prep the missiles. Let's prep the missiles. Come on, General. 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 Prep the missiles. And he's just like, I have to think real hard about this because I'm a torn man. Somehow, my very intricate terrorist plot under the threat of using biological warfare on a major American city seems like it might be a bad idea it's just not going to work is the problem.
0: Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. I want to give credit to Ed Harris in this movie. Oh, he acts gives, the hell out of he's it. Oh, yeah.
2: so good in this movie. Oh, Ed Harris is killing
0: it. Um, He's crushing it. But eventually, he does give the order. And there's that really long scene in every movie where they have to give the order for missiles. with a bunch of keys and yeah. levers oh, and yeah. buttons. Oh, it's awesome missile
1: porn and I'm here oh, for yeah. it. Stuff. Oh, there's numbers you have to input into the keyboard oh, to launch properly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm
0: all about it, man. It's... Uh, yeah, it's glorious.
1: so they launch the missile, uh, Ed Harris has a change of heart, he, he realizes he can't go through with it, so he, like, types into his computer to get into the guidance system to turn it away from San Francisco and to just crash into the bay, and now the terrorists are like, great, so now they don't believe our threat anymore, we are right. fucked. And to be fair, the target they were firing at was the
0: fucking 49ers football stadium yeah. on game, game day. day. Yeah,
2: buddy. And maybe they could have gotten them and the Atlanta Falcons. Now, that would have been patriotism. <laughs> 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 oh, so close to having a real great moment for America right there. I this is mid I mean, this Steve Young is still there in 96, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right? He's Nin- probably about to win a Super Bowl, if yeah. I remember correctly. So yeah. Yeah. Against the shithole San Diego Chargers.
1: Bunch of dicks.
2: Yeah. Lightning bolts on their helmets like a bunch of SS officers. (laughs) Jesus Christ. San Diego's full of Nazis. There I said it.
1: I mean, probably.
2: (laughs) But to be fair, every major American city is full of Nazis these days. Hey, many American
1: minor cities are full of (laughs) Nazis. (laughs) So we've hit the deadline and Ed Harris is just like, look, it's... It's done. It's like over, yeah. it's over. We're not getting our money. We the everybody grab four hostages as cover and we'll just exfiltrate out of here and just disappear. And the mercenaries are like, We're mercenaries. We want our money. You owe us money. Therefore, let's launch these missiles, which doesn't make sense, cause then you're definitely not gonna get your money. Yeah. Right. Like it's just it, again, it's that weird, like Michael Bay kind of realizing, oh shit, the stakes are kind of bullshit in the uh fuck it, Candyman goes crazy. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, what follows is like a five-way like gun standoff, and then David Morse, who's like the second in command, then he had a brief moment where he questioned his leader, but now he's 100% one hundred percent back on board. But now, after hearing the other Mercs be like, We want our money, he's like, I want my money too. Psyche. and then points his gun at the other guys and a shoot, a mini shootout occurs. Yeah. And Where pretty much everybody takes bullets, but Yeah, except for Sean Connery and Nick Cage, who've been listening in the whole time, and as soon as the gunfight breaks out, they start shooting through little holes in oh, the yeah. walls.
1: Absolutely. You if you're playing like an open world RPG and you see like Two AI factions fighting each other. You don't jump in and aggro right oh, away. Oh, no way, yeah. You wait for them to whittle each other down, and then you go in. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so yeah, they pull Ed Harris, and Ed Harris ha- again has a look like, my beautiful plan. How did it go so awry? Oh, folly, thy name is Ed Harris. Yeah. And are like, where's the last missile? Lower. Lighthouse. Also, not to be a buzzkill, 999, the Dreamcast, it's not gonna last, it's actually gonna be the last piece of Sega hardware. No, they're not even going to continue doing arcade hardware. They're gonna get out and go a third-party software system. It does mean that you are gonna get Sonic games on a Nintendo console at some point. The GameCube to be precise. It's gonna be weird. <laughs> Uh,
0: so yeah. So they, they
1: book it to the lower lighthouse while Sean Connery is fucking Sean Connerying up some of the terrorists that are in the, like, main control room. Yeah. Uh, fucking Nick Cage gets the guidance chips out, but then fucking Pretty Boy of... Oh, no! Shit! Yeah,
0: this is... Oh, all right, this oh, is, oh
1: I I nearly yeah. made a terrible this mistake. This is my, yeah. 100%
0: my favorite scene in this movie. I think about this scene probably every day.
2: <laughs> you just look yourself in the mirror and you're like, Hey. Do you like Elton John's "The Rocket"? Oh, it's
0: so perfect. Tony Todd, the Candyman, comes in
2: and he's like, "Hey, man!"
0: Like he sees that Nick Cage is just dangling this string of pearls, and it's just like, "Look, if
1: you try to shoot me, like you're gonna hit these." We're both yeah. Well, he says, "He
0: says, do you know what this shit does?" And then Tony Todd pulls out a knife. He goes, "Do you know what this shit does?" Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, well, I'll you don't, dr- you I'll don't dr- see it,
1: but if you zoom in real close on uh, Candyman's knife, it's got one of those stickers that says, This machine kills fascists. Oh, gotcha, <laughs> of
0: course. Uh, so Nick Cage threatens to drop uh, all the pearls here and kill everybody. And then Tony Todd tries to do the like trick that all the bad guys and goonies do to little kids Just like, come going here like, I'm not gonna hey, hurt you what? hey buddy <laughs> everything's fine come over here I got a Butterfinger for you yeah. oh what about you don't like Butterfinger what about Butterfinger BBs they're like Butterfinger but balls Bart Simpson talks about them not your thing oh, I have got some uh, of those uh, Nestle Crunch Bars not a fan of Crunch Bars how about a Hershey Crackle Bar <sighs> no alright that's fine do you want a Mr. Good Bar <laughs> nobody so good. Nobody wants a Mr.
1: Good Bar. Nah, I'll go
0: on the record by saying I love Mr. Goodbar. No, Mr. Mr. Good, Good, Good Bar is
1: okay if you're getting a mixed bag of fun size candy bars. Sure. But like just on a checkout aisle, given the choice, absolutely not going for Mr. Goodbar. I've never
2: actually seen a Mr Good Bar that's full size, that's not in a mixed bag.
1: Yeah. Same for Crackle.
0: Yeah. yeah, I don't remember the last time I saw a full Cracker Bar. I have bought a Mr. Good Bar recently. Yeah, I was gonna okay. say
1: the the grocery store by my apartment has Mr. Good Bar at their checkout. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. But oh. I always go so you for... found him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look for Mr. Good Bar. I've never seen the movie. I just know the line from the Weird yeah. Al song. Same
0: here. I just know that there's a movie called Looking for Mr. Good Bar.
1: Yeah, um, but anyway, so they so uh, yeah, they get this Man thing, is there and, and Nick
0: Cage is. He's got these pearls and he, you can see his brain gears moving on a way to like continue this while he can fix everything. And he finally, like they walk around each other until Tony Todd is standing in front of the rocket. And he says the immortal line of, are you a fan of, of the Elton John song Rocket
1: Man? I'm not into that soft ass shit. He goes, Oh, Oh, that's interesting. Cause,
0: cause, cause it's you. You're the rocket man. I do feel as if I'm going through a painful divorce. Oh no! Uh, And then he hits the button and shoots this rocket right into the guy's chest. I love this because he flies out Out into the bed. And
1: here's the moment I always forget about this scene. He flies out the window... But that's not how he dies. No. Just like, uh, the,
0: just, unlike the bad guy uh, at the end of True Lies who gets shot on a missile and explodes.
1: Or like the end of Broken Arrow where the yeah. missile goes through the train and explodes.
2: Yeah. He just gets kind of like punched with the missile. <laughs> he just gets knocked out the window. I mean, theoretically, A, he's, he's a special services guy. Maybe he's just dodging back out the window. Yeah, but in any but case, he definitely goes on the hits oh, yeah. Uh And the missile goes off and drops into the water, and he lands on Spike? Yeah. Yeah, he lands on a piece of, like, it's the pole of, like, a chain link fence. But yeah. the chain links have, like, fallen down, and then he lands on the pole. It's rad as fuck. Gorgeous. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful kill. Uh, the,
0: meanwhile, uh, uh, Connery is able to fight a couple more goons yeah, off. Yeah,
2: Connery finds uh, uh, Americanized Jason Statham, and we have uh, a little. Beat him up. Who goes out of the way to be like, did I tell you
0: my family's
2: Irish? And then
0: punches
1: him some more? Because he says like, I don't like you English. My dad was Irish. And I just kept waiting for Sean Connery to say, I'm Scottish. Doesn't matter, John. They went company in like 1700. But what I want to have happen is just like, oh, oh, you're not English? No, Scottish. I know the pain of being subjugated (laughs) by the English. That's a pain that I know all too well. That's like the end of that episode of Flight of the Concords. Yeah. Where Aziz oh, Ansari is you're just... You're like, New Zealand, not Australia. St- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about that episode the other day. It's a very good episode. Yeah.
0: That's the one with the Mother Ucker song. Yeah. yeah. Ucking up my shay. My weekly statement shay. Yeah. Uh, great
1: song. Anyways. Great series. Yeah. Like low-key really great comedy. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. Um most so,
1: episodes directed by Tickle Watiti. Yeah. Nice. That's how we got to start. Uh
0: so meanwhile Nick Cage uh Nick Cage against, gets
1: to the last like yeah, section Rocket, of yeah, missiles, he's in the thing, yeah. Uh and he takes it out, but uh one of the little marbles falls and hits his boot and starts rolling, and he like dives and grabs it. Meanwhile, he's getting shot by like a fucking some sniper guy on a nearby yeah. rooftop. So he's like, "Oh shit!" So he he like he pulls open a drainage grate and like gingerly, yeah. like, a, "I'll be back for you later, little right. baby." Yeah. Which, hang on a second. Knowing that that's there in the position it's in, there's no way this movie has a happy ending. I'm just realizing.
2: Oh no, that's the part of the we'll boring, get to that I guess. that probably
1: gets that probably gets thermally exploded. <laughs> Oh, well, if it gets thermally exploded, then yeah, no, I guess the end... uh, You you did it again, Michael Bay. Airtight. Yeah, Yeah.
2: so the
0: guy who's sniping at Nick Cage, uh, Connery sneaks up behind him and fucking, like, shoves him over the edge of the building onto, like, a pile of trash. A
1: pile of pointy trash. Yes. Uh, Uh, And then, yeah, so Nick Cage uh, has the last guidance chip and a single orb of nerve toxin that he puts in his pocket... And pretty boy of the mercenaries, who is like, if, uh, he's, he, if, um, god damn it. he, he, he looks a like, knockoff some other guy. He's a knockoff yeah. William Sadler. There we go. I was trying to, like, remember exactly who he looks like. He looks like William Sadler if he got his face squished a little bit. Well, he, he looks, looks like William Sadler if he got cheek fillers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they, they're fighting, uh, and the, the guy's just like, give me the last guidance, Chip. And Nick Cage throws the guidance chip to get his attention... And then, yeah, he like, pulls a real, a
0: real solid snake.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. But then, of course, Nick Cage. What's is this box doing
2: here? Whoop whoop. Good speed, <laughs> and this other guy's an elite marine, so he beats the shit
1: out of Nick Cage until he's choking him to death. But Nick Cage puts the 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 orb in fucking the terrorist's mouth. Yeah, well, and then and then then, yeah, and then punches him and punches it. Yeah. Uh, this is when Chekhov's retractable syringe makes its appearance, where yeah. he stabs himself in the heart. Uh, but oh no! the deadline is passed and the jets have already been launched
0: that's right as far as they're concerned uh, Goodspeed and Mason are dead already dead but then Nick Cage has a flashback in his mind of once you sight the rockets get the green flares so he pulls out these flares that old
1: saying green flares at night the rocks delight green flares at dawn you be gone (laughs) yes so Nick Cage stumbles out
0: in slow motion uh, like the end of fucking platoon Yeah. yeah And li- literally, like, drops to his knees with the flares and goes, ugh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> which, really, we've already established. First off, we've established that he's a massive Beatles head, which is weird that that never comes back. Uh, he
0: refers to himself as a Beatle Maniac. Yeah, yeah, he does.
1: But uh, he's already double established himself as a huge Elton John fan. Why is he not yelling, Benny, stop the Jets! <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, thank you. Than I, was, I, was, I was trying nope. to think of Very the nice. uh, execution for that. That was good. Yeah. Well, lucky uh, lack of mohair suits—that's why they didn't do it. True. Yeah. true, true, true. Uh, he was more into crocodile rock yeah. anyway. But, uh, only one of the five jets drops their bombs. Yeah, only—that's so only that's a great. third they, of the they island. They finally gets see fucking... them,
0: and he, he like drops his bomb and then goes like, straight in the air. Yeah. And you hear him go, "I only dropped my bomb. <laughs> oh, I only dropped one. Whoops!" Uh, and then you see it. Hit Alcatraz explode, and the next thing you see are two dummies go. Whoa, whoa.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, they they know if they if they fall in the water, the fire can't get them. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. and this also explains. So it hits the South uh, Lighthouse. So if that's where the fucking virus was, yes. it gets
2: incinerated. Vaporized. It gets incinerated. Well, but the, all of the hostages are safe. Yes. yes.
1: Uh, and so Nick Cage uh, is he calls in and he's just like He's still alive he's drowning and then he's saved by yeah. Sean Connery right. and they have a brief little like moment uh, but then yeah he gets on the phone he gets on the wire and he's just like it's me I'm still alive the hostages are fine and they're like what about Sean Connery oh he's dead. Yeah, he's super dead.
0: Yeah, and then later on William Forsythe shows up. He's like, so really, where's Mason? He's like, oh, he was vaporized. Yeah, and his he's body like, was vaporized. And he goes, William Forsythe is like, vaporized? And he's like,
1: vaporized. Yeah. And, then, like, and then like, John <laughs> Spencer comes up and he's just like, you show me that body right now like this is the first time I'm gonna get an erection in 20 years right? and then and then William Forsyth is like he's vaporized vaporized and he's like
2: bodies can do that yeah oh nuts those darn Duke boys <laughs> yep. and then our closing out scene can is-
3: you believe- these two duke
1: boys. John Spencer throws his cowboy hat on the ground and jumps on it several times. Managed to save
0: Alcatraz Island from a VX rocket gas. Ain't no way they're getting out of this pickle.
1: (laughs) Uh, So before uh, Sean Connery disappears he has a little conversation with the Nick Cage where he's just like Uh, do you know the etymology of the name Bygone?
2: Look, I want you to go to Kansas. Good good, Good speed. Here's a little note with where I put the microfilm. Get the fuck out of my sight.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, then cut to a few months later... Driving the rattiest old broken down B-
1: VW Beetle, which is bizarre because Nick Cage very specifically says that he drives a beige Volvo. Yes. He's having a
2: big life change.
1: Uh, he, he you, we see this church. Yeah, his dream has been always to fucking repair a Model A. Yeah.
0: His 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 girlfriend is like leaning out of the car and like banging on the door We're going, come on, baby. She's all of a sudden got a southern accent for no reason. Yeah. And then he runs out and it turns into for the last four It turns minutes, into
1: a fucking Cohen Brothers movie. Yeah, it yeah. turns into
0: Racing Arizona. <laughs> right. He literally runs out wearing the same, almost the exact same costume. It's like the wife beater shirt with a Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirt. shirt. Yeah. And the like and, straw hat. And yeah. he just runs out with this thing and a guy goes, you get
1: back candles, vandals, vandals!" <laughs> uh, yeah. And he opens it up and as they're driving it's away, the And he's just like, hey, honey, you want to know who really killed JFK?
2: And then they play some pseudo-inspirational 90s soft rock, like you might find at the end of the movie, Michael. the
1: score of this movie?
2: Holy Holy shit.
1: shit. So the main song, they're like, that was actually used note for note in a demo for Final Fantasy VIII. Nice. And they had to to hold back the release of the retail uh, release of Final Fantasy VIII because they had to take that song out. Because it was just a straight-up theft of this song. Well,
0: I'm surprised they didn't just straight up cancel all the scores for the Pirates of the Caribbean movies because half the music from that comes from
1: The Rock. This movie consists of like the coolest action movie theme song you will ever hear. A whole bunch of Pirates of the Caribbean movie and then a weird like lilting Irish Yeah. It's a a straight up Shire song. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime Sean Connery has to like mention his past at all it plays do 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 do. There's like you know if I take
0: in there, if I take one more step,
1: <laughs> it's the furthest
0: I've gotten from the rock in my entire life. Now here's
1: uh, here Peter Jackson, here's what I don't understand. Yes?
0: Yep, okay. If
1: the eagles are there at the end of the movie to yeah. pick up the fellowship from the destruction of Mount Doom, why don't they just call upon the eagles to take them from Rivendell straight over to the mountain? It doesn't make sense. We need to address this. Technically that is a good nah. question.
0: I I see what you're saying, but i got a ghost army.
1: Oh, will it be a
0: surprise? No, it's going to be pretty heavily telegraphed. (laughs) And then when it happens, it's going to be over in like eight seconds, and it will have almost no closure. They're just going to say goodbye, and they're going to go, all
1: right, bye,
0: (laughs) and disappear.
1: I don't say this lightly, Peter Jackson. Yep but this third movie and only the third movie will sweep the oscars. <laughs> oh, that's very nice. Did you enjoy the frighteners? I'm sorry, I was reading the appendices where I've discovered that actually Sauron had fortified the skies above Mount Doom so it would have been a fool's errand to fly the eagles. It would have been delivering the ring right into the hands of its master. What yeah, was in, what was in the skies? Uh, fucking worms and shit, dude.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Armless dragons. And they don't stop the eagles from the rescue because the
2: ring's already in the mountain.
1: Yeah, once the once the ring... Once the already- ring's done, Sauron's army basically is just like, fuck, they destroyed the second Death Star. We're done. Yeah, okay. they
0: literally... There's that scene where it's like, there's, there's that big fucking battle and the ring goes in and then Sauron's eye goes, Ugh! and then everyone goes...
1: Uh, and they just fucking book. Because yeah. that's the thing, is Sauron, the reason that he is truly a villain is that he rules by fear and anger alone, which means when he is gone, the orcs and orakai and men from the east have no loyalty to his cause, so they just... Stop fighting and disband. Nice. Yeah, but it's but they don't just stop fighting.
0: They literally go, "Fucking, I'm out of here!" Yeah. and they just run away. <laughs> yeah. Get out of there. Man. That's because Aragorn is single handedly leading like fifty dudes and massacring yeah. all of them. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, that's the end of the rock. And now it's time for bullet points.
1: Rock you like a rock a cane.
0: And our very first bullet point is body count. Body counts. Patrick, what do you think the body count of The Rock is?
2: Uh, I'm going to go with like
0: 20.
1: Okay, I'm going to go with 20. All right, right. John, what do you think the body count of The Rock is? I'm going to go, first off, not enough hippies. True. True. We True. only we only True. see one hippie maybe
0: die, and yeah. it's probably just their Volkswagen.
1: Yeah. Uh, confirmed deaths. I'm gonna say 16, but like actual deaths would have been like 90. Yeah, because everybody course. in that fucking traffic chase. But it looked like they were all supposed to live. Yeah, they know? all had they all had fucking GI Joe parachutes. Yeah, you know,
2: all those people jumping off that uh, train car like tucking and rolling and yeah. 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 Even
1: the even the train car operator like. Oh no! My train car got exploded. Like you were yeah. just inside right. that. Right, we never saw you bail. Well, oh, if man. you listen
0: really deep in the audio mix, you hear a bunch of people on walkie talkies going, "I'm all right."
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Fine, bon, fine. Bon. Uh, uh, see, I'm going to go 16 as my actual guess. All
0: right, by Price's Right rules, whoever gets the closest without going over, Patrick, you're
1: the winner. Oh no! 24 confirmed oh, kills. Wow. Yeah. I was trying to add up, because I know that all the seals die, and all the mercs die, and I thought there was eight on each team.
2: Yeah. yeah. For some reason, I thought there were more mercs,
1: Ooh. and then there's, I... The I, Naval Depot guys definitely get killed, though. There's yeah. two
2: Naval Depot guys that get killed, too. Though this is very much a, one of those situations where it's like, what's the movie saying yeah, is exactly. death and what's not? Sure, of course. Because the rubber bullet course. guy is fucking dead, but I bet oh, if you yeah. ask uh, Michael Bay, he's like, nah, we shot him with a rubber bullet, guys. Yeah. He only fell a two-story fall. He's fine. Landing on his head. That doesn't kill nobody.
1: Yeah, it's like Last Action Hero when Arnold gets shot in the real world and he's bleeding out but then he goes back into the movie world and they're like, this
0: is just a flesh wound. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that's going to take
2: us to our next bullet point.
0: Best Kill. Now I'm not gonna do what I said I was gonna do. Oh, he's
2: not gonna jump in and steal the Candyman kill. Are oh, we just gonna accept that the Candyman is like the oh, yeah. Jackie Chan
1: or Bruce Lee of yeah. that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. we're Absolutely. taking that off the table for actual guesses. Yeah. We've described it in detail, and it is clearly the best. kill Yeah, and in the we've movie. described
0: it in detail in previous episodes. Of <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah. great kill. It's yeah, it's
2: a great kill. So,
0: Patrick, barring barring Rocket Man, what is the best kill?
2: Uh, I'm gonna go with Pretty Boy eating the nerve yeah. gas ball. Yeah. That's a good one. Because not only does he get it in his mouth, he gives him that open hand right in the chin mm-hmm. to break it and close it. That's that's good stuff. That the only a... thing that's unfortunate about that is we don't get to watch the whole, like, you don't wax see man belt. boil yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. Because that actually does look pretty good in the uh, the guy that dies in the chamber. Yes,
0: correct. The uh, The effect is, uh, the practical effect of it is really, really good. Right, with really all the good.
1: blistering and melting, yeah.
0: Correct. Yeah. John! Best
1: uh, kill. I'm going to go for a character that I don't think we mentioned, which was the high school intern that the Seals took with them on the mission. <laughs> <kitchen>. Yeah. <laughs> they get this kid who's clearly like 16, maybe. And they just go like, Hey, kid. What are the stakes of this mission? Well, oh, if we don't do this mission, then these people are gonna die, and it's gonna die, and it's gonna be really bad because they're gonna shoot it in the atmosphere. And that is his only line in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. But it's enough to get him his SAG card. Well, he's also
0: his whole job on the mission is to stand, stand next to by Sean, Sean Connery, Sean Connery. Yeah.
1: exactly. Uh, so he is down in because the tunnel because if Sean
0: Connery tries to leave, he gets shot. If he has to pee, that kid's supposed to help. Yeah. Yep.
1: Uh, so, while all the Navy Seals are getting fucking massacred, uh, Sean Connery, college intern, and, uh, Nick Cage are all still, like, in the tunnel, uh, and intern is finally like, I can't let these guys win, climbs up the ladder, immediately gets shot in the head, and his body falls down and makes eye contact with Nick (laughs) Cage. It is so unnecessarily brutal and gruesome for, again, like, Cannot be maybe 18 at the oldest.
3: Yeah. Well,
0: especially because immediately afterwards, Sean Connery just goes, I'll take that radio. Goodbye. Takes <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> his shit and bails. Yeah. It is absolutely
1: ridiculous. Yeah, they
0: actually loot his corpse. He yeah. takes his gun too. Yeah. Because there's that whole sequence where he's just like, oh, he Mason's leaving. They're like, well, why are you letting him? He's like, he's got a gun. He's like, you've got... Idiot, we all have swords. Yeah. He goes, oh, that's right. And then later on, like, Sean Shankar just punches him in the face and takes his gun. He's like,
1: now he's got all the guns.
0: <laughs> uh, Mark, best kill. Uh, I am going to go, uh, oh man, with uh, air conditioner to the head, man. Oh yeah, that's a great one. Uh, only because it's the only other kill in the movie that is like... Uh, not just like a simple gunshot yeah. or something like that, or a neck break.
1: Yeah, for the amount of explosions in this movie, very few people get sploded up. Yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: Although that Volkswagen Beetle does explode after getting run over by a Hummer. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which is, again, if I ever meet uh, Michael Bay in person in order to keep it civil we will only discuss our mutual hatred and mistrust of hippies yeah no yeah, I won't explain to him because they didn't it, that i hate them because they didn't go far enough and were very ineffectual at uh, initiating social change and he will not mention that it's because he's real right wing right exactly <laughs> we'll just keep saying like yeah fuck those assholes
0: yeah uh so that's good to uh, finish up for best kill and take us to War crimes. Oh boy.
2: All of them? Is it all of them? It's got to be all of them.
1: War crimes. John, tell me, tell me a war crime from The Rock. Michael Bean disregards an order from a superior officer to lay down his arms. Buddy, there's chain of command for a reason. To be fair... That superior officer is retired or no longer commissioned,
0: isn't he? Isn't he? No, he's still in. Oh, no, is he's he still, still in? Still oh, in. Oh, That's right. right. Yeah. General, yeah. All right. Yeah. but he is
2: mutinying. He is maybe not holding his effective but rank at the moment.
1: I don't remember a scene where they ever took away his rank, though. That's true. But they all just are... sort of assumed that I'm he relinquished sure it. I'm sure
2: that kind of the whole conceptual problem is that he doesn't
1: technically exist. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, he's probably way off the books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is its own war crime in a way.
2: Yep, that's it's, its own one.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna say of all of the things that happen in the movie The Rock, clearly the most illegal thing to happen was Michael Bean not following the chain of command. That's fair, that's fair.
2: Patrick, war crime. Having the opportunity to kill several hundred thousand people in San Francisco and not taking it. <laughs> Imagine what housing prices could be right now. That's fair.
0: Because right now, like, a tiny studio apartment without a bathroom is probably like four grand a month.
2: Easy. yeah, Easy. But if you had, like, a million less people, supply and demand, baby. All right. You're talking me into it. Also, uh, you know, your bugs are probably recently exterminated. That
0: is also true. No rats. We do see early on in the movie that some of these poison gases just straight up explode cockroaches. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark war crimes. Uh, I'm probably gonna go with uh, holding a member of British secret intelligence <laughs> uh, in jail with without, without charge, trial. without a trial, and no charges.
1: For 30 consecutive years. Why does John Spencer specifically hate Sean Connery so much? Because Because of what's on the microfilm, Because he
0: knows all (laughs) of our secrets, including the alien landing at Roswell, and who killed John Kennedy. And probably many other secrets, too. The secret ingredients to Coca-Cola. What are the 11 herbs and spices in the Colonel's Chicken? Just who is... Mr. Pib. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure it's A probably... lot of these are food-related <laughs>
3: secrets.
1: I'm hungry!
3: <laughs>
1: uh, so let's get to it for war crimes. Ah, beans! I forgot about the whole hostage situation on American soil and the illegal operations happening off of American soil. Sure.
2: Also, American tax dollars going to missiles that can kill hundreds of thousands of people with chemi- terrible ways. With yeah. chemical warfare. Yeah. No, there's a lot of legal happening here.
1: And that illegal slush fund that he makes explicit reference. Ah, beans, you guys. Yeah. I really butted up.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. and paying six hundred dollars for a Beatles record.
1: Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah, I think that whoever put that up on eBay did it as a goof and was like, someone actually bought it! Ooh, also, whatever that chord is Nicolas
0: Cage plays when he gets mad on the guitar. Oh yeah. Wow. He just goes, BAM!
1: <laughs> He plays the same chord that Marty uh, McFly plays at the beginning of Back to the Future 1 that explodes the amp. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, That's going to do it. And then Huey
1: Lewis comes in. He's like, hey, too loud. Speaking of too loud, the whole Nintendo Play It Loud ad campaign for the Game Boy Advance is going to be very embarrassing in 10 years' time. (laughs) Hey, it's me, Huey Lewis. And the news...
0: Is this an action movie? <laughs> yeah,
3: all right. All right.
0: Is this an action movie? Patrick, is The Rock an action movie?
2: Absolutely. Nah. Even when they uh, bog it down with stupid shit, it's it's very, very short. And it's almost entirely action.
1: It's two hours and 15 minutes I was going to say, I disagree that it's too short. I remember... Uh, like, You could easily shave. No, no, no. I mean the
2: parts when they bog it down on, like you never spend that long in his apartment with him naked talking to his
1: girlfriend. Gotcha. You never spend that
2: long in the control rooms just talking shit over. And when you are, it's real fast paced and everything's like constantly amping up.
1: It just it takes so long to get to the rock. It is
2: ridiculous that this whole thing has to happen in forty hours, and you have to go somewhere, release a guy from prison, take him to a hotel, get his hair cut, have a car chase.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then mount up the mission. Yeah, John, is this an action movie? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it makes me again like Michael Bay is excellent at doing at filming action sequences. Yes, uh, I well it, was. I'm gonna say was. Yeah, I think, again, like, he, the problem is he, because he was really good at that, he was put into this, like, auteur position where it's like, oh, yeah, then produce and write and direct all of your own movies, have total 100% control, and he should not have that.
2: I haven't watched as much of his later stuff, but I feel like he loses something when he moves to CGI.
0: So there's, that's the thing, with like, a lot of his later movies, like, everything I'm gonna say post-Bad Boys 2, most of his action scenes become, like too kinetic. They he, he borrows all the wrong lessons from Paul Greengrass and the Bourne movies and yeah. was just like, Oh, you think you can shake your camera? I'll shake my camera so much. Oh, I'm gonna shake the camera. You're not gonna know which Transformers which and who's fighting who. Also That's they're gonna the change yeah.
3: they're gonna
1: change sizes at will. Yeah. And it will make no sense.
3: Yeah.
1: I think what happened is when he did the first Transformers movie, which is not a good movie, but the action I think is really excellent in that movie yes but then he did the second one which was in the midst of the writer's strike right and he just pooped out this really garbage movie but it still made insane money and he's like oh i shouldn't try yeah. there's no reason no. for me to do well no.
0: and i feel like the first transformers movie where it does succeed is because that's the one where steven spielberg had the most influence on set yeah, absolutely. and it's very clearly like meant to be like Michael Bay's version of an eighties Amblin film. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but except except we're in an eighties Amblin film, instead of having it be like a twelve year old boy, now it's a sixteen year old boy, and instead of like like his four year old sister, it's his like twenty four year old hot girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. And he's gonna try and get her wet as often as he can.
1: Yeah. And I think it's what's really frustrating about Michael Bay in particular is kind of Uh, emblematic of the way that we organize the creation of a movie. If he could just do action sequences and someone else could do the, like, character stuff... Sure. That would be amazing. That would be so good. Yeah, but that's, like, cinematographer money and not director money. Exactly. And that's what, like, really sucks is that, like, oh, you're good at this one specific aspect of filmmaking? Well, then you should just do all of the movie process from start to finish. And, like... No. Just like George Lucas. Well, the funny thing about Lucas specifically is when he was putting together episode one, he wanted to just have some other director on set to direct the actors. That's
0: the difference is George Lucas is aware of his his, not goodness uh, at
1: directing. Which is why, like, after episode one, like two and three, he leans so far away from even trying to do, like human interaction. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, he definitely leans way harder into his strengths as, like, a visual filmmaker. But I really desperately wish that he was able to succeed in getting... Like, basically like a Coen Brothers setup of filmmaking. Right. Just somebody to co-direct. Yeah, I think that that would work so well for so many uh, action directors who just completely fail at every other aspect of their movies. For sure. Well, I mean, there's also the problem now that uh, with trying to make money
2: everywhere, the amount of stuff that you're putting in an English script is more and more minimal every time. Oh, yeah. So, at this point, we probably don't even care about characters and plot. In action movies as we make them. Yeah, we
1: just have Robert Downey Jr. show up to set and bam, bam, boom, he says a bunch of words cut, print, everyone gets money. Pretty lady explosion.
2: Here we go. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Mark, is this an action movie? Absolutely. Uh, I think The Rock is probably one of the best 90s action movies. Oh, yeah. It's definitely the best Michael Bay movie.
1: Oh, uh, by a
2: country bio.
1: He follows this up with Armageddon? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, Armageddon's definitely after The yes. Rock. Yes, boy. Yeah. What a
2: hot, steaming pile of
1: garbage that movie is. I was going to say, talk about a time-wasting slog. Jesus. It takes them forever to do anything in that movie. Ugh, well, God,
2: awful. Ben
0: Affleck had to play with those animal crackers on Liv Tyler's tum-tum. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so terrible.
0: Uh, But yes, The Rock, definitely an action movie. You've got uh, sweet car chase, sweet shootouts, lots of explosions, some neck-breaking, punching. Kicking, guns, knives, the whole deal. Fire, I like it. Good Definitely stuff. an action movie. Hey. Final reviews of The Rock. John?
1: Yes. Final <laughs> review of The Rock.
3: I've
1: just—I've been trained for you to interrupt me. Mm-hmm. I don't like this game. I uh, uh, yeah, it is good. It's it's good. It's a good movie.
3: A bit. Oh no. Oh, no.
1: Yeah, I think like uh, like what we said at the beginning of this podcast, it is a very good action movie. Big asterisks. Be aware of the Michael Bay baggage that will be part and parcel with yeah, this movie. be aware oh, of yeah. its 90s baggage. Yeah, like yeah. good luck getting anything from 1996 that's not loaded with stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, but like particularly with Michael Bay, again, like any non-white character is either like, look how dumb and silly they are, or yeah. look how you just can't trust them. Right. Yeah, it's...
3: Yeah.
0: Real gross. Yeah.
2: Candyman is vicious and amoral. The only two black hostages are sassy uh, stereotypes. Stereotypes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a mess. They
1: even run through a kitchen at one point in the hotel, and there's like uh, an Asian chef who just like yells Freeze. in a foreign language yeah. that we don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like if, if you can get, if you can uh, either like ignore or just sort of like understand that, yes, it's bad, but still like. If you can pick the Raisinets out of the popcorn, it's it's a good bag of popcorn.
0: Patrick, final review of The Rock. Uh,
1: pretty great fucking Hummer Chase, really.
0: Yeah. You
2: can barely get a Hummer Chase. Gotta love a Hummer Chase. The only thing that Chase is missing is driving through a solid plain glass window of some kind. Yeah, he needed two men in work, uh, up, work yeah, uniforms. Yeah, Are you forgetting
1: stuff. when he drives through the fucking window display of a shop? Oh, well, oh, yeah, there right. is that. He does go <laughs> yeah. through the
2: window display. That's not bad. But I do want the two workmen carrying yeah. that big pane of glass. I did, like, the, the Culligan water truck explosion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, eh, good times. It's an elegant string of pearls.
0: Yes. Mark, final review of The Rock. I already said it. It's the best Michael Bay movie. One yeah. of the best action movies of the 90s. I love it. Uh, yes, it's got a lot of 90s Michael Bay and, uh, and just 90s in general bullshit. But, man, the action is so well done in this movie. And this is the perfect example of Nick Cage sort of...
1: Uh, mixing the two worlds of Nick Cage he's walking the line very well he's not tilting into his like A B C right but he's also not like doing that like uh, like I think his performance in Con Air super doesn't work at all because it's too pulled back, all yeah, the time. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But it's it's well, it's like a mix between his like honeymoon in Vegas, guarding Tess, like romantic comedy kind yeah, of like yeah, normal yeah. guy, mixed with his yeah like vampires kiss. Boy, like remember when he screamy. was
1: remember when he was like making his bones as like oh he's the romantic comedy actor yeah yeah absolutely, absolutely. remember City <laughs> of Angels <Absolutely>. hell yeah. <laughs>
2: um, I think that it helps that he's like not supposed to be competent at anything except for the missiles. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, like yeah. him being ridiculous, a ridiculous buffoon is totally in character because he's not supposed to be good at anything he's doing, and because he's like a big nerd. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like it's got a good fish out of water thing that works for his performance. Style.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so that's going to do it for this jumbo size
2: episode of Body <laughs> Counts of Fear. No, this was Lord of the Rock, a retrospective. <laughs> uh, still somehow shorter than the
1: movie. Nice. Well, it's a long one. It is. I uh, just, I don't understand, Peter. Who exactly it? is the Lord of the Ring? Are we talking about Sauron, or is it Frodo? Or you could make a case for Bilbo, or even Gollum, since he's the last character to actually have dominion over the Ring. Granted, it's as he's falling to his death. Death and the fires of Mount Doom, but who do you see as the central Lord of the Ring figure?
0: Well, uh, it's a very interesting point you're bringing up there, and I just want to say that I can answer that very quickly like this. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick, forget Paris Bromley, John, Cafe Society, Rudy Taylor, and Mark, Wing Commander for The Price of Freedom Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, I don't know, wherever podcasts are these days, and leave us a rating or review. Check us out on Twitter at BodyCountCast, on Facebook, or you can email us
3: about literally anything at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.